I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And we are back for our seventh year of the fifth and last NRL podcast. Welcome back, Brock. Thanks, mate. Welcome back. Welcome back to all the fans, most importantly. Um, we know it's been probably a longer off-season than usual without the nines, and we didn't do a uh, an All-Stars preview. So we've, we've had a bit of an extended break, which has been good, but uh, looking forward to ripping straight back into it. We're, what are we, nine, ten sleeps away, so we're going to knock out a preview and Rip straight into week one. Uh, yeah, looking forward to the footy, particularly with the way that the off-season's been. It's hasn't been a lot about rugby league, unfortunately. No. It's well, been more about the poor behaviour of rugby league players. Just touching on that before we get going, we've had plenty of messages about the NARPA situation, all these bits and pieces, and I know there's plenty of pages that have been feeding people's desire for those sorts of things, but to be 100% honest, not interested at all. Want to talk about rugby league. Not denying the fact that it happened, but it's pretty straightforward. We've been over these things a million times. Uh, if blokes were smart enough not to record themselves and keep the things that they do outside of the game to themselves, we wouldn't be in this situation in the first place. It's got nothing to do with football to me. Yes, it does tarnish the game, but I want to talk about rugby league. Well, it's got a lot to do with football in terms of the players are behaving poorly who are given the right to play football. It's a privilege to play football. So I've banged on, on about it for as long as we've been doing this podcast that players who... You know, are violent towards women or have filthy acts towards women should be punted out of the game. So the Ben Barber situation for me was fantastic. Um, you know, I, I don't mean that in a derogatory way or a defamatory way towards him because I understand it's a very, very difficult situation now for his wife um, and his children. So I, I don't wish any bad blood on Ben Barber, but what I do think is that in order to play rugby league, in order to play in the NRL, we should have players should have a higher expectation in terms of behaviour and conduct. They get paid accordingly. They need to behave accordingly, and that's it. Mm. Um, I don't. I don't think anyone that is convicted of doing something defamatory, whether it's sexual, whether it's physical, to a woman, um, should be ever allowed to play in our game again. And I, there's, I've seen nothing in the last, you know, seven years we've been doing this to change my opinion on that. If anything, my opinion on that um, has firmed. That, so I'd like to see them come down really hard. The other point you made, we're not a clickbait page. No. Um, the moron that posted stuff about, um, you know, a good friend of ours' daughter last night has got 300,000 followers on Facebook. Which is more my and we've point. And we've got 6,000. So for me, the appetite within rugby league is wrong. If you don't have an – all we do is talk footy. All we want to do is talk footy. All we want to do is analyse footy. All we want to do is interact with people who love footy. Um, do we, at some times, mean you clash on opinions? 
you know, people that listen to the podcast won't won't agree with everything we say, but that's the beauty of the sport. The other crap, um, you know, the, there's going to be some serious ramifications for the people that have put that up, um, and it's disgusting. That so we want the, nothing to do with it. Yeah, and that was more the point I was making. I wasn't denying what you just said. No. But everyone asking what about this or that or this person thought or what we about the videos. Care. I don't care in that sense. I know what it is. We both played the game. We've both been involved. We've said it a million times before. Stupidity, you know, in the end is going to get you into trouble. And these blokes clearly don't value the position that they're in. We're not going to go through all their names. No, I have zero sympathy for them. I have zero, zero sympathy as well. And if you get kicked out of the game, especially like you said, the uh, assault stuff or anything to do uh, above board against females in particular or like what, like what we were saying, whether the act's consensual or not. If you're dumb enough to be videoing it while you're doing it and then give it to your mates or distribute it to people that you think are your friend, there's plenty of leeches around the game. So to them, I have absolutely no sympathy for the situation they've ended up in. But more importantly, now that we're back... Let's uh, talk some footy. Let's get right back into our rugby league. If you are joining us for your first time on the show, uh, welcome on board. We do this every single year with our season preview. Basically... We go through teams 1 to 16 in alphabetical order, talk about uh, how they went last year, record, attack, defense, their squads this year, gains, losses, uh, any key players to watch, young up-and-comers, possible squads, our thoughts for the season going ahead, and we build our ladder for the season ahead, the 2019 NRL season, and where we think that side will finish. And eventually, we come up with our ladders 1 to 16, premieres, minor premieres, spoon, slider, improver, dark horse, Top point scorer, try scorer, Dahlia medal, and as always, Brock, our $100 sure bet. And the overs, unders markets for anyone out there that doesn't want to punt like ourselves, wins total on the season. Uh, we've been pretty good at that the last few years and making a bit of money. We've been around the 12, 13 out of 16 mark, so pretty good ratio there for return. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but we do a lot of study. We, we don't know everything, but we get the crystal ball out and we have a crack. And again... Don't take things personally, people out there. We have some sensitive sallies at times. It's just our opinion. You've got your own opinion. Well, it's our opinion right now because my opinion, I guarantee you my opinion on one or two teams is going to change uh, between even now and the start of the season. What's happening at Penrith at the moment worries me. Oh, um, 100%. So, and there's going to be some other things that are going to happen over the next the week or two. Still and then waiting. you give it a month, some, someone will get a major injury, which is going to throw it out. Look, I have my opinion right now. I'm going to give it to you right now. Listen every week. My opinion is going to change. Um, that's about the only thing I can guarantee on this show. Yep. And if uh, it doesn't change, I'm a fool. And like you said, no different to the Dragons. There's a couple of teams that have got some other ongoing issues that are going to affect yep. what happens later in the season. But for now, we learned the hard way earlier when we used to do this a couple of weeks out from the trials. We'd always have a team lose a key player or something, and it throws out one spot or two spots in your ladder. So we've held off for as long as possible to get to the point that we're at. Yeah, we're nine days away. Right now. But kicking off first is the Brisbane Broncos. So last year they finished sixth. They were third in attack, ninth defensively. 15-9 and nine was their record. Uh, I think it's safe to say that last year was a season uh, that went considerably well cons- uh, given what happened with the Bennett drama, the infighting with the club, the board, Walters moving on, Parker getting fired. Then there was talk later in the year, obviously, is he going to keep his job? Is he not going to keep his job? So... Given the way that all worked out uh, and they got themselves into the finals, the week one loss was a disaster and a very, very poor loss at that. But the off-season, they moved on fresh. They got Anthony Seabold. They've got the Dalian Coach of the Year from last year. And I think probably the absolute perfect candidate for the style of player and team that they have now and the roster they're starting to bring through. I agree with that, absolutely. He's a... um... He's a new coach. He's a new age coach. Um, He's intelligent. He's got a very, very good track record 
of improving young halves uh, in his time that he worked down at the Melbourne Storm, um, his time that he worked at Manly, worked at South Sydney, uh, now at Brisbane. And he's got a task ahead of him because the Nicarima and Milford combination has at times let the Broncos down. So uh, that, for me, is an area that, that is key if they're going to be successful this season. The young Ford Pack, Sua, Pangai Jr., Haas, Fafita, they look brimming with talent. Uh, I think another key area for me is they need young Jermaine Azarko to move to fullback. I think it's time to move Darius Boyd onto the wing. He's got a lot of injury concerns. Uh, I think you're going to get more out of him and probably a couple more years out of Darius Boyd on the wing. Um, look, they won 15 games last year. I had them out of the eight last year. I thought they were going to struggle. To, to achieve what they did, considering all the drama that they went through, it was all played out through the media for a long period of time, um, is a credit to the roster that they've got there. I, I can only see good things for the Broncos um, in, in 2019. Yeah, well, as far as losses go as well, the losses that they had, I'm, I'm not really fussed about Jordan Carhu, given the talent they've got there, and Katoni Staggs, Jack Bird, who's going to be healthy and hopefully better under the new coach. They don't really need to have him around. Opacek, Pierce, and the more depth ones, Corbin Sims, Sam Thiday, it was time to go. The real big one was Josh Maguire. But let's be honest, if you've got to find money for David Feeder, Joel Fahengawi, Tevita Pengai Jr., you've got Gillette coming back, Lodge, they've got two young gun front rowers in Tom Flegler and Pat Carrigan who are 21 and 20. Um, they needed to find the money and 800000 so dollars for Josh Maguire, who's 29, 30 years old and not the most dynamic attacking player, will keep three of these young guys, including Payne Haas. I think they've made the right decision for their own future. I'm with you. Uh, I really like the side. I think the young pack is going to be better, which is the one thing that worried me last year. I think these halves, while they don't have a genuine seven in Nicarima, they've got better depth now with Sean O'Sullivan as an option if things don't work out. And they've got young Thomas Dearden and Tanner Boyd. They've got guys on the way, Corey Pay coming through their junior system. So there's a lot to look forward to there. But the back line, um, the boyd Azarco move, like you said, Boyd reckons he's as healthy as he's ever been. So whether he's at the back or on the wing, I think Staggs is going to push Bird, to be honest, as well. If he doesn't start the year well and they have the same problems they had, uh, I think they've got a ready-made replacement. And well, there was rumours that Bird was going to move back to Cronulla last year. So look, watch that space. If he doesn't start the year well or he gets injured, or he gets dropped, I think you'll see him out of Brisbane pretty quick because Anthony Seabold's not going to be want to, wanting to waste money and or time on players that he didn't recruit and that aren't going to give him the output that he needs for the salary that they're demanding. Yep, and I also like the move and the trials that I think will happen, which is Matt Gillette finally moving into the middle of the field at 13. I've always thought, and we've said the same thing, that he's such a good worker. He does all the tough stuff. He does all the dirty work. He does run a hard line, but he's not the most polished back row you've ever seen. So with the young talent they've got in sewer. Fafita, Tafita Pangai Jr., if they want to put him out there, etc. These guys, I'd rather them be playing on edges and have Gillette just in the middle banging away. Fingers crossed that neck holds up, but this is an outstanding young forward pack back line. The big question, like you said, is the halves, but with this new age coach, I think the style that he played at South Sydney is going to fit even better with the Brisbane Broncos. So, with that being said, what have you got the Broncos finishing box? I've finishing second. I've got them finishing third. Uh, Origin's obviously a concern, as it always is. And I think there's going to be a lot of these young guys, honestly, up for grabs to play Origin because we've seen that Queensland's a bit of a transition period. Offer Hengawi was mentioned last year, along with Sewer, for a possible bench spot before injuries. Payne Haas has been talked about for New South Wales. I don't know if that would happen with the pack we had last year if they're in form, so I don't see that happening. But does Gillette get back in? Does Pangai Jr. get considered for the Blues now? Is Lodge considered, regardless of all things off-field for the Blues? But um, regardless of that origin impact, Corey Oates, James Roberts, etc., this is a very, very good side. And I think Anthony Seabold will get more out of the halves, as you've said, with that young forward pack. So there you go. Third and second. 
Their odds, thanks to, and we should have said this at the start, our sponsor, staying on board, the Pro Sports Syndicate Boxhead. Come back on board. Absolutely. The betting yep. package out of the boys, and they've got a special offer for all our fans, but we'll get that a bit later. But the odds, thanks to them. Broncos to win the comp, $7.50. Minor Premiership, four seventy-five. Top four, $1.65. Top eight, $1.22. Miss the eight, $4. The Spoon, 101 And overs and unders box had 14 and a half games. You reckon they'll win over or under? I've also over. got them over in that regard, and you'd think so. What was the line? The games. 14 and a half, 14 and a half games. Yep. So last year they won 15. You'd think they're going to do better this year, wouldn't you? Yep. All righty. Moving on from the Broncos, we have the Canberra Raiders, who last year, again, disappointing finish to the season. Tenth place. They were second in attack. They're always great in that area. The big <laughs> issue is defense. They were 12th. A 10-14 and 14 record. Close losses. Just... Did them in again. They had eight, seven to eight close losses by less than a try in the last 10 to 15 minutes of games where they faded. Yes, they missed Hodgson for the first kind of part of the season, but they didn't get enough out of their halves. Their forward pack was the one thing that was questionable at the back end of games, and it seems as though they've moved on from a few of those pieces with, obviously, Paulo leaving the club. You've got Shannon Boyd moved on, wanted a massive contract. Blake Austin went stale. He's now moved to England. As far as the ins, uh, I like Charles Nickel Klogstad, but I don't know if he's going to get that fullback jersey full time. Do they give it to Nick Kotrick? There's a couple of ways they can go. Does Jack White stay there? The word is he's going to six, and that's my other question. Even with Hodgson back for a full season now, I look at the half situation. Seas has been, you know, two or three years in now, and still haven't seen anything close to the signs that we saw on the Gold Coast. So I look at that, and even with Jack going there, I think that makes them better defensively than what they were on that edge with Austin, but. Uh, I don't know. John Bateman, good player. Ryan Sutton, I haven't seen enough of. But again, they've gone from the heaviest pack in the comp to the lightest pack in the comp. And why I like players like Joseph Depine, uh, obviously Whitehead, Papali, etc. Looking at the bench and then looking at the depth outside of that, there's not a whole lot there. And the back line, they're missing their best yardage player to start the season off in Jordan Rapata, yeah. which is absolutely huge. And that is the one upside to them that kept them in a lot of games last year is the fact that Leilua, Rapana, Kotrick get them off to such good set starts and any time they're under pressure, they can kind of break tackles, get things rolling and help out their forward pack. But uh, yeah. missing him is going to be a huge factor as well as those positional moves that we've talked about. Yeah, look, I think from a recruitment and retention standpoint, they've lost more than they've gained. Uh, and what they've gained is players who are unproven at the NRL level. They're coming from England. We've seen it come up trumps. For Stewart, in terms of Whitehead and Hodgson, we've seen it fail, I guess, with the guys that the Gold Coast had. Stewart tried it when he was at the Eels and had a few guys say they were coming and didn't come. So it's always one that's, you know, a risk because you just don't know how, A, they're going to move over here and, B, then how they're going to play. I think they've lost more in terms of numbers and in terms of quality. I think more quality's walked out than what's walked in the door. That concerns me. Under Stewart, I believe they've got a culture of... They've just got a culture of coming up short, losing close games. Um, they've got a culture of blame and excuse. He often goes in and blames referees um, and makes excuses for his team. That concerns me. The Jordan Rapana injury, to me, if he's out for an extended period of time, it's like, you know, I think it'll have the same impact or similar impact to what losing Rad Radra had on the Eels, just in what he gives them in yardage. Um, he can get their set. He can go. He can turn a set from a crap set to a good set just with one quick play of the ball. Um, look, Hodgson, he was out for an extended period of time last year. He came back in and made a significant difference. Can he stay fit? Because teams are going to spot him up. If I'm playing against Canberra, I'm just running at Hodgson the whole time and trying uh, my best to, to take the juice out of his legs. 
halves, as you said, can they be consistent over a you know extended period of time? I'm not sure. And the biggest question for me is their defence. They scored the second most points last year, but they leak like a sieve. Their defensive structure, their defensive effort um, is poor. Yeah. So they they need to be um, a top eight defensive side. And if they are, I've got no doubt that they can play finals football. But I, I have them sliding this year. I, I was really big on Canberra last year and they bit me in the ass because they, you know, there's there's some games there. Like the Warriors game they lost early in the year. What were they ahead by 10 with, you know, six or seven to go? They blew one of the one against your mob, round one. Yeah, they led, well, by, yeah, 18. They, they led by 18 and lost. So... For me, I, I, I'm just I, I'm getting off the Canberra bandwagon. Um, you know, I'm not going to throw it all on Ricky Stewart. I think the recruitment retention's been poor, um, and, and you know, I think he needs to make a few changes in terms of, of the culture there. He's, he's he's got to draw a line in the sand and say there's no more excuses. Our defence, for me, that, I would have spent my whole off season on defence. Well, I was about to say the quote from Ricky Stewart was the only thing we've done this preseason is defence. Well, I'm not even so. worried about attack. So whether that is the case, I don't know. But depth, like I said, is the big issue for me. Looking at the halves. Artie Ngane comes off surgery. We didn't see the best of him last year. Is it Williams playing with Caesar? Williams had multiple opportunities now to tie down a first-grade spot. Can Caesar finally step up and close out a game? If Jack White goes there, it gets better defensively. But is he creative enough? Do they take away from fullback? It's kind of all drawing from everywhere here to kind of cover up. And if Rapana was there, would you be better off with Kotrick finally going back to fullback? Is Croker going to be good after his ACL? I know you're big on Jack White, and I don't rate Jack White. Not huge on Jack done, White. I think he's a centre. He's done enough off the field for me to for the Canberra yeah. just to pun him. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, for me, there's too many question marks over yeah. this side, um, particularly at the key positions. The X factor for me is I love Josh Hodgson. I think he's on best form. He's the second best hooker in the game behind Cameron Smith. Well, I'm with you. I love Hodgson and I like the forward pack. I thought Tapine took some massive leaps and bounds last year. I like Whitehead. Papali got fit again. Soliola does a solid job. But again, the bench, the depth that's coming in, I don't trust the halves and starting the year without Rapana. Uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be a bit too but much well, for the Raiders. For me, who plays at prop with Soliola? Firstly, Soliola's old. Well, he's not getting any younger. Who plays at prop with him? I don't think they start Sutton and then again, like I said. So Zoom. what are you going to you have to play Tapine in the front row? And that's, you're taken away from that's what getting I mean. anyone else. I've got massive questions. Or you've over. got to move Papali in there or you've got to move Whitehead into a lot. Like you've got to reshuffle yeah. things here to patch up. Yeah. And this is the don't big like thing. It. A couple of years ago, they had great depth. They had an opportunity. That time has come and gone. Yeah. And they've paid a couple of their windows is, Their window's closed. Yeah. They've paid some big contracts and, like you said, made some poor decisions, yeah. and I think the window's shut. I've so got them finishing 13th. I've got them 12th. Um, and with the Pro Sports Syndicate, the odds to win the Premiership for the Raiders is $29. The minor Premiership, $41. Top four, six fifty. Top eight, two sixty. To miss the eight, $1.45. The spoon, uh, $8.50. I can't see that happening. Over under. I just don't know. You'd... Over under is ten and a half. Brock. I've said under because I think they can win basically ten bang on. Yeah, under. So I think that's right on the money there with the pro sports syndicate as far as the futures markets go for the Canberra Raiders. Next cab off the rank is the Canterbury Bulldogs. Last year they finished twelfth. Their attack was thirteenth. Their defence was ninth. A record of eight and sixteen. Let's just say it wasn't exactly a great year uh, if you were a Bulldogs fan. They had the issues early on with Kieran Foran coming over on that huge contract before Des Hasler was let go. He was injured early. Aaron Woods and the salary cap issues. They let go of Moses and Bayer, another big deal that was done by Des Hasler. Woods got moved on straight away, and they basically shut down mid-season. The one upside to come from it was they threw in some kids. Mind you, as I said last year when fans were getting excited, they were under no pressure. But Reese Martin played quite well. Lachlan Lewis flourished. Rima Smith Etc. But I think it's going to be a different story this year now that expectations built from the back end of last year 
a couple of players are back and whether I think they have the squad or not, fans are going to expect them to emulate what they did at the back end of the year. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I don't think that will be the case. But looking at them, uh, losses, it was a heavy turnover. The Morris brothers are gone. Eastwood, Clemmer obviously left in the preseason as well. Frawley, Lachlan Burr, Wolford, Finney, Priest was released. There was a lot of money there that they got rid of again as part of this rebuilding. Looking at this year, I think the rebuild kind of stays the same. Looking at the squad, um, Hopper Wade, does he play fullback? Does Nick Meany, the young bloke from Newcastle, get that job? Because then when I look at the back line, I think they're quite light on. Christian Crichton and Remus Smith probably end up being your wingers. But Kerrod Holland, uh, you know, he's steady, but... You know, he's not winning games for me. The other centre could be a young man, Morgan Harper, who's played for their 20s. They've also got uh, Jaden Ockenbaugh, who's a big Jamal Idris-looking type person who plays back row or winger. But looking at that, Kieran Foran, I've heard it last four years. He's as healthy as he's ever been. Well, you know, I'll wait until... So is my man. I'll wait until that happens to see if he gets through with Lewis. But, um, Napa. Napa being gone from the Roosters. I didn't like that buy by the Bulldogs. I thought that was a bit unnecessary. With the off-season he's just had, you'd like to think he's going to play well, good football. Well, it was a... It was to try and patch up the hole that left by David Clemmer. Yeah, well, again, I, I would agree or disagree with that. I'm not agreeing nah, or disagreeing. I would have held it off. Saying, you know, it's yeah, yeah, it's a weird one. The only upside of the team I kind of see is the forward pack with Raymond Fitalamara coming back. I thought he was very, very good last year before he got injured. Harawira and Ira come from Penrith. Josh Jackson. So the back row, looking at it from that perspective, it looks strong. Uh, but again, going into depth. On the bench, who are they going to play? Uh, who's the hooker? Does Marshall King play of Alicia? Is Dean Pay done with that? Is Farmer Brown the nine? There's a lot of questions there for me. Can Lock and Lewis play the same way he did at the back end of the year? Um, can Kieran Foran last the season? And yeah, I, I just, I don't know. They had Jack Cogger signed earlier the year before and they were really pushing to get him there early. Is that part of their plans now? Who knows? And Reese Martin, I know a lot of people are blowing up saying that he's potentially not going to start round one. Uh, why he was good in attack and he was a good goal kicker. Harawira and Naira or Raymond Fiatala Mariner, I'm not dropping one of those two guys for Reese Martin, I'm sorry. He does kick at 90 or something percent, but uh, as far as you know, defence, I'd rather have one of those other two guys probably in there, in attack and defence over Reese Martin. Yeah, look, I've got massive concerns over their key positions. I think Hopawade, he's totally overpaid for the output that he gives. Kieran Foran, he looks like a spent force. I'm sick of hearing that he's uh, had his best off-season ever. His knees look dog shit. They look gone. Um, so for me, you're a long time um, injured, and it would be one out of the box if he came out and, and turned back the clock and looked like the Kieran Foran, Foran that dominated at Manly. And, you know, for the first, I guess, two months he was at at uh, Parramatta, but uh, look, Lachlan Lewis, he was solid, but, you know, do you want to hitch your wagon to him for the whole season in terms of relying on um, trying to get you to play finals footy? I'm not sure. Uh, Michael Leisha, look, I think he's been encouraged to play his natural game under Dean Pay, which has been good, but, you know, he's going to need that forward pack to be dominating every game, which for me, I'm not sure whether they will. The forward pack, in saying that, they look solid, as you've said. I think though they're built for a bash-up they're not built. Um, they're not built for output. They don't. They don't look like to me. They've got a lot of line breaks. They've got a lot of offloads in them. I think they're they're no. built for a grinding game. And I think the league's headed out of that. Yeah, you know, the, the league's headed football, to high pace. Yeah, and I'm not sure whether the Bulldogs are built the right way. Um, look, I think Pay's proven he can get the best out of them. He can motivate them. Yeah. Um, but you know, does he have the intellect and the assistant coaches around him in order to break teams down? I'm not sure. Recruitment retention is probably. 
I think they've got as much in as what they have gone out. So I see them yeah. finishing in a similar position. I, there's just not enough there for me to see them climbing the table. No, and I think, again, there was a few smart buyers and good kids like Morgan Harper, Brennan Wake, and Ockenball, and they've got a really good kid who is <clears> not part of their top squad, but look out for Jake Avarilla in a couple of years. He's a young half who potentially will replace Kieran Foran, but there's, yeah. they're still stitched to some contracts and some of the Des Hasler effect, which we saw at Manly after he left there as well, funnily enough. But um, I just think they've made some smart moves. Well, they've look worked, at what happened to Manly last year. Yeah, they've worked within their cap restraints. They've got some good young players in, but it is a young side. It is a grinding side, and I don't see the back end of the year, like I said, the last eight weeks when the pressure was off happening for 24 rounds. So with that being said, um, I've got them finishing 15th. I've got them finishing 14th. So, yeah, unfortunately, I hope they proved me wrong. Uh, like I said, there were some good young players there last year. They put in plenty of effort, but I just don't know if they've got enough depth or the quality to get it done for 25 weeks. But with the Pro Sports Syndicate, the odds for the Dogs to win the comp, $67, 81 for the minor premiership. Top four is 14 Top eight, $5. To miss the eight, $1.16. The Spoon, four twenty five, And over under is eight and a half games, Boxhead. Oh, that's a hard one. I've said under, again, bang on eight, and it wouldn't How many games me. is there? 24. Yeah, so I'm saying they win eight games. Last year, they won eight. Yeah, I was, oh, man. How much did the Wooden Spooner finish on last year in terms Six. of wins? Six. That was pretty poor. Well, if I showed you these over-unders, you'd almost fall off your chair. Usually, there's a bit of variation. There's a lot. That's a hard... This one's a hard one. It is very hard. Yeah. The overs-unders are hard this year, full stop. Yeah, I'll, I'll say under. I'll, I'm with you. I think they'll win eight, but... Yeah, yeah. Under. Well, the, the the habit changed last year. Usually, what it was, was it? Eight and a half, eight point five. Yeah, usually twelve got you in. Yeah, but last year we saw we fifteen at the bottom, and the ta- team outside was you know well away. So yeah, things definitely changed. I'll go, there. I'll, yeah, we'll go. I'll go under. For Bulldogs fans, though, like I said, I think given the situation they've been restrained to, there's some positive yeah, signs. Yeah, and you know what? You've got a side there that's going to try their best. Yeah. I think in 12 months' time, with Remus Smith, a couple of these kids, and a bit more cap room to make some moves, they could you know be pushing similar to a Newcastle, back to the bottom part of the eight and building for the future. But it's just not about the panic buyers. That's the issue I have with, like, Napa. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm not too sure about that one, but hopefully it pans out for them. Cronulla Sharks, uh, they've had plenty of drama in their offseason, but last year they finished off in fourth position. They were sixth in attack, third in defense. 16-8 and eight was their record. It was a hot and cold season. They had a couple of close losses. Wade Gray out for the majority of the year. Uh, that loss in week one of the finals was huge for them. That basically set them up for failure. A couple of injuries the week after, and then when they got to Melbourne in the prelim final, they were pretty much spent. Um, the Shane Flanagan issue has obviously happened. He's been moved on. John Morris is now in. The salary cap breach has turned out from $50,000 to potentially systematic cheating. Um, there's a fair bit that's gone on, and their CEO has stood down as early as when we were having dinner before we started doing the podcast. So... With all that drama being said, I don't remember an off-season or any time when the Sharks weren't in drama. No, and they just thrive off it. it. And I know, you know, there's some losses there, like Jesse Ramian hurts, Ricky Latelli, Luke Lewis is a big one. Lee played well from last year. Holmes is huge. Now, that's huge. But in saying that, they had this gun group of kids come through over the last couple of years that all moved into New South Wales Cup last year, age 21, 22, 20, and they made the grand final against mm. men. So there's a lot of guys ready to play grade right now that probably could have played earlier, but Flanagan preferred the veterans. Yeah. Whereas John Morris has no ties to these guys. So uh, in looking at those losses that they've got there in the back line, I know Josh Dugan wasn't healthy last year. Hopefully, for their sake, he stays healthy this year. But the centres change out to Dugan and Morris, which at least, you know, for the most part, you could do a lot worse in your centre pairing than those two. Matt Moylan going back to fullback. 
you're not going to be able to replace Valentine Holmes, but Moylan's best position is fullback. It's not six. He brings the ball playing there that Holmes started to develop. Not as good a running game, I guess, but with Sean Johnson coming over, he's playing in a much better side than he's ever played in as compared to the Warriors, I think. And with a forward pack that is still there, Pryor, Fafida, Gallon, you've got on the bench, Aaron Woods, if they work that in there to play prior at lock, I'm not too <coughs> sure. And in the back row, Wade Graham may be five, six weeks away, but for the time being, Kurt Catewell can do a good enough job. And Britton Nakora, a young junior Kiwi, who's one of these back rowers coming through, looks like a very, very good player. So whether he plays there, Jack Williams, who got injured last year, who they bought from Canberra, is very, very good. I think Braley's going to continue to improve. Bakuya's there still. Bronson Sherry, the young kid, does he get a run on one of these wings? He'll, Sione Katoa is a gun. Like Bronson Sherry is a shoeing. And then He'll you, play grade this year. Yeah, and even with the salary cap issues, like if they let Seguiara go, that's not great. But Braley's brother, Blake, played probably better, I think, attacking football in cup and looks a better attacking player than Jaden, which is my main criticism of him. So you want to look at that. Will Kennedy and Flanagan's young son still there in the halves as the backup. So I think... They've still got plenty there. They've got plenty of depth. And, you know, these Look, young players that have come through from their junior system and played through these sides, Inkatala, Sherry, Neokora, Magulius, Lumi, Lumi, etc. they've got plenty of them. The main thing is, I think Johnson, again, like I said, is in the best situation he's ever been in. Townsend and him have played together before, and I think he's got somebody like Green who can just steer the ship. Moylan will be good at the back for him to take more pressure off. This forward pack's still good enough. And when Wade Graham gets back, if he stays healthy... Uh, I like this side. He's an origin player, yeah. Look, as you said, there's an off-season of turmoil, but they made a preliminary final last year. They were probably the team that looked most likely to knock the Roosters off during the final series well, in that first week. CEO uh, resigned today. Valentine Holmes gone to the NFL. Sponsors are leaving. They're in crisis. Uh, they're in crisis, Crisis, mate. mate. Uh, look, Buzz Sean Johnson top. in. I think his combination, he's got a proven combination with Townsend. Molander won. How will that go? Because he moved to Cronulla, remember, to not play fullback, to play in the halves. Uh, Braley's another year older. So I like all that in terms of their spine. Their forwards look solid. They need more from their bench. They're going to need more from um, Aaron Woods in particular. Dugan and Morris, that concerns me a little. Dugan, because he can be injured. And Morris, I think he's getting on a little bit. Graham needs to get back on the field, his origin quality. Johnny Morris is a coach. Uh, I think, look, he's going to have to put his stamp on this club. How long is that going to take? Um, I did my university degree with him. Very quiet guy um, and seems quite intelligent, so I like that about him. He has the respect of the players. He's a different coach to Flanagan. Uh, I think their roster is clearly top eight. Um, you know, he's, But is Morris going to change their style? Is he, is he going to change their style? Is he going to keep it how it is? And how much of an impact do these off-field issues have? The Sharks seem to thrive on it, so I've got them finishing sixth. Well, I've got them in the exact same position, and similar to what you've said with John Morris, I think his biggest thing is if he has any issues with these bigger personalities that Flanagan seem to deal well with, in your Andrew Fafitas, your Josh Dugans, etc. But a couple of these guys have now moved on. There's more of a younger influence in this team. Um, you know, A couple of these younger guys that he's going to blood in, and I think they've got pretty good depth. And like we said, Bronson Cherry... He probably gets a spot at some point. Uh, Fecky's going to be fighting him off if Dugan gets injured. I don't care if Sherry's only 18. He's good enough to play. I'll, um, I'll right say now. this. I think while ever Paul Gallon's there, it's still going to be Flanagan's team. It's still going to be the, the I guess, rough-edged, um, abrasive, ill-disciplined at times. I still think, uh, though, he's the last side. piece. He and it's his I, last I season. So. John Morris will get the keys to this side next off-season. So I think this year it's managing that bridge between Flanagan's team and his team. Well, I get the feeling, and again, I get where you're coming from. I think Gallon will buy in for these last season with John Morris and, you know, fit in. But 
I've got them sixth. You've got them sixth. To win the Premiership with the Pro Sports Syndicate, they're $15. The minor Premiership, they're $23. The Sharks, top four is $4. Top eight is $1.80. To miss the eight, $1.95. To get the spoon, $26. And the over-under, this was the easy one for me. And this is my $100 sure bet for the year. Sharks was 11 and a half. Yeah. So I went over. I've got them over. Definitely on that one. Next up. Woo! Titans box head. Your Gold Coast Titans, 14th place last season, 11th in attack, 14th in defence, an 8-16 and 16 record. Uh, last year was patchy, to say the least, the first year under Garth Brennan. There were some positive moves. Philip Sammy come to the floor. Uh, Fotuaka, the young frat row off the bench. Moiaki, I thought he was very, very good. Jaira, AJ Brimson, but at the same time, there were some downsides. And Cartwright being the big one, he took on that contract as a whole. Said he basically was the Bryce Whisperer. That fell down. Ash Taylor went into a slump and Conrad Hurrell and a few others, etc., etc. And the year finished as it normally does for the Gold Coast Titans. It had a bit of hope, but it plummeted pretty fast. Yeah, it did. They won two of their last nine games. So that was never going to bode well. Um, look, they only beat two, two top eight teams in 2018. Uh, they only had three wins at home. So when the Titans are going well, they're beating obviously more top eight teams than that and they're winning at home. The home ground used to be a fortress. Used to pack it out used to be a difficult place to come and play. Um, but they've got a culture of mediocre play, and I think their mental toughness is questionable. Uh, for me, they're very, very similar to Canberra in that defence has got to be the most important thing that they've done over the summer. Um, they can buy whoever the hell they want, and they've got some good buys over the off-season. Peachy, Boyd, you know, Cartwright's Brian there. Kelly, Brian Kelly, yeah. Riley Tyron Jacks. Roberts, yeah. Jacks, yeah. Um, well, you've got better, but, depth, but I their think, defense. Than you've ever had. It doesn't matter who you who you've got. Your defense needs to be um, your priority, and that's what you build your game around. And um, to me, the defense needs a major uh, a major lift. The coach, look, he had great success at Penrith, huge talent, um, but he's now he's probably got enough there in terms of talent in this roster to to make a push for the final. So, without injuries, I think they can get there. But um, the spine concerns me a little. Um, and the depth concerns me a little. Outside backs concern me a little. So, um, look, I, they're a tough one this year, the Titans. I could I could see them finishing in the top eight and doing it quite comfortably, but I could also see them finishing right down near the rear. So yeah. I've got them finishing 10th, um, and that was sort of a, a nice middle ground for me. But as a fan, I wouldn't be happy with 10th. I just think that that's, where, that's a realistic place for them to finish. Yeah, well, looking at the forward pack in particular, Shannon Boyd comes across, joins Jared Rollos, the back row of, uh, you know, Proctor, and you've got Ryan James, you've got Jai Arrow, Mitch Rain and Peets as your hooker rotation is pretty good, Keegan Hipgrave, Moiaki, Fotuaka, as I mentioned, Leilani Latu has never quite lived up to the billing, uh, Bryce Cartwright, another one, two guys that came from Penrith, they definitely need to live up to the billing, but I'm with you, I like, I look at this forward pack, I look at those things, I look at the halves, the back line now with Kelly and Peachy potentially as the centres with Philip Sammy, Michael Gordon. Uh, there's a lot to like. There is a lot to like, that 1-17. to 17. But are they going to be better defensively? Is that culture going to change? Is Peachy committed? Is Boyd committed? Uh, look at all these things. Like 1-17, to 17, I really do like that side. But yeah, back line depth is a question. Branko, Copley, uh, Jesse Arthurs. Halves depth is the best you've ever had, I think. With Roberts and Jacks there, you've got some variety between Brimson and Taylor. See, I disagree. I, I think when we had Prince, Rogers, and Campbell, we were far better. I, there's the talk out of the club at the moment that this is the best roster they've had, ever had is horseshit because it's not. Well, I agree. But that's me as a fan. 
Well, in, in the time, like, since then. Recently, well, yes, this it. is the best that they've had. You yeah. have origin yeah. forwards. You've got a couple of internationals. You've got a good young back line. You've got a halves pairing. The but question... a lot of these players that, that we've bought have played worse since they've come to our club. That's yeah. the, that's the that's issue That's the culture that of the Gold Coast that so... I just said when we were sitting here. Boyd, Peachy, are they there for the right reasons? Are they going to play better oh, football? I think they are. Like... You know, I think Arrow, Arrow was an absolute revelation last year, but he needs to stay healthy as well. He's only young. Hmm. Proctor, I still don't think, has lived up to the billing. Wallace got a big payday. Boyd got that big payday. Ryan James, etc. These guys are going to have to lead from the front. But, um, well, even Cartwright. Like, like, Brimson's the one for me. I know Brimson's coming off an injury, but they're talking that he's not going to be playing in the halves or at fullback over well, The other one is they're going to play Ryan James in the back row. Like For me, that doesn't work. Ryan James has scored... As many tries as any front rower at, at prop um, in the NRL over the last few years, for me, he's got to stay there. I'd put him in the rotation and just stiffen up that front row rotation um, and, and not muck around with the back row. Well, my other for question mine. is, is he going to push Cartwright in there again and try and force that? For me, because... Cartwright's on the money. Like, he has to play. You've got to put him in there. And if he's, he's dog shit and embarrassing, then just not persist with him, but... To me, he's got to start the year with Cartwright. He yeah. can't have a play that's on however many dollars he's on. Um, it's it's more than you know his output last year um, playing Queensland Cup. Well, like you said, I think this is a team that definitely can push for the eight uh, as far as origin is concerned and that depth. They've got Peachy, who can potentially play, Wallace, Arrow, who have all played last year. James was in the frame. He was 18th man and Taylor was mentioned. So there's potentially five guys there, but I reckon two to three likely. Then again, like you said, I don't know what I'm going to get. I think they may just fall short this year. I'm 10th as well, same as you. With the market for them with the Pro Sports Syndicate, for the Premiership, $41 for the Titans. Minor Premiership, $67. Top four is $9.50. Top eight is $3.50. To miss the eight is $1.28. The Spoon, $6. The over-under for the Titans, Brock, is 9.5. So I'm going to go over. I'm going yeah, to I'm say, say over. 10 11 is where they land probably in this situation. What was it, nine and a half? Nine and a half. So I reckon okay. 10 or 11 will be the mark roughly for the Gold Coast Titans. But Garth Brennan, uh, he taught the talk last week, said I've got the squad finally as well and I can afford to drop Ash Taylor. So if he does play poor like he did at the back end of the year, <laughs> let's see what happens okay. and if he lives up to that. But, you know, let's see what happens. Manly, one of your favourites. A good old Manly. Plenty of fans. Anytime I've got into Manly, I've been spot on. So Yeah, I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying there's plenty of fans out there in particular, Manly, you've got a good affiliation with. But Manly last year wasn't a great year. Finished 15th, um, ninth in attack. The worst defensive side in the competition. 7 and 17 was their record. It was a horror year. The issues with Trent Barrett, the club, off-field stuff. Players wanted to stay. Players wanted to leave. Rumors about third parties, Lyle Gorman, etc., etc. It just carried on. Um, it's a fresh slate this year. And they're bringing back Des Hasler, who, you know, they had drama when he left. And then obviously patch that up. My issue is he's just brought the band back together. And as I said, when he comes back to the game, is he going to change? And the rumours are he hasn't changed. The iPads are back, all the stats are back, all the completions are back, all the bits and pieces are back. So if he's come with the exact same game plan that he's stuck with for four or five years at the Bulldogs with a roster that he's hamstrung to also again by salary cap issues because they've obviously been punished in that regard, uh, I think this could be a long season. I hope Des Hasler's changed and I hope Manly... Do improve, I would have it die hard, my I'll tell friend. you what, there's a fair bit of change here. Lewis Brown's moved on. Brian Kelly, Sean Lane, a couple of these just from salary cap. Aquili Uate, Tom and Matt Wright, the Lussick brothers, and Tom Amono, who's one of their best young forwards. As far as what's came in the door... Well, Tommy Amoni's a Parramatta junior. But yeah, 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 but he's been there for a couple of years. There's yeah. been a heap of upgrades from internally, and that is a result, again, of not only salary cap pressure. They did have a good under-20s team that did win the comp, so there's a few of those guys 
Samisi Kiowa, who's a Sharks junior center winger. Tavita Funa, another center winger. Cade Casting, young half. Um, there's a couple of others there that I think they're more on development deals. But bar that, it was Kane Elgie, Brendan Elliott, who's been in a couple of clubs, Ruben Garrick, who couldn't play at the Dragons last year, who they've got raps on, and Corey Waddell, who we both like from Penrith. Mm-hmm. Sean Kepi's another one from the, the Eels, who was a junior. But again, it shows the lack of depth or firepower they're kind of working with. So when you look at their starting side, it's a good side. So if I told you Adam Fanua, Blake Tapau, Arby Coruscant, Joel Thompson, Siren, and Jake Trebojevic with Paseca, Tanganoa off the bench and Fainu, you're doing okay. DCE, does LG partner him? Does Hodkinson partner him? Tommy Turbo at the back, but that's my other issue. You look at the centers now that Dylan Walker's in trouble. Brad Parker and Moses Sully, along with Garrick, they're all unknowns. Tafua I like, but he's injury prone. And then the depth outside of that are all those kids I just mentioned that haven't played great. Mm. Lachlan Croker's off about his 7,000th ACL, and the Fords have got to reach for Sipley, Winnerstein, Gazuski, and Waddell. Again, they're a bit light on. So mm. outside the 17, which I don't mind, I don't see a whole lot there. And then on top of that, Origin, you're almost guaranteed both the Tabroyevich well, brothers are gone, and Daly Cherry Evans finished the series as a winner last year. Yeah. So on top of not having depth to cover, not knowing who the Haas partner is, and not you're knowing... You're going to lose your three best players probably during Origin. And I hate to yeah. say this, Manly always get injuries. They always get injuries. Yeah. So while there's a lack of depth and a bunch of unknowns here and some good kids, mind you, I, yeah, there's not much I can go off. And Albert Hopawate, another Hopawate who's got big wraps on him. We saw him win the game for New South Wales 16s a couple of years ago. He's already been elevated to the top squad as well. But like, surely you, you yeah. can't be reaching that far just yet. And he's a very talented kid. So my main concern is, like I said, I like the 1-17, to but I don't like what's behind it. Origin's going to hurt. There's bound to be some injuries. And if Des has come back with the same... You know, tactics, high completions, don't do this, don't do that. If we reach 80, we win LA games, it's just not going to work. No. So, Look, they've had they've had off-field drama since Hazard left, yeah, really. Non-stop. Like, um, it's been on and off and uh, for that in, entire period of time. So, And particularly for the last 12 months, like Trent Barrett's still being paid. He's been told not to turn up. You know, there's drama with the gear. There's drama with all, all sorts of stuff. Dylan Walker, for me... He'll be rubbed out for an extended period of time. I believe he shouldn't be allowed back into the game. That's my opinion. You touched on Des Hazler's philosophy. It needs to have changed because he he his he philosophy stale. was stale after the 2012 Grand Final uh, with the Bulldogs. Chaborovic brothers, I'm not sure how far they can pull them along in terms of, you know, I think they, they finished 15th last year. I've got massive concerns over where they finish this year. And Tom's out to start the year too, the go. first three to four weeks. DCE, um, who's going to be the partner in the halves? For me, it's Kane LG. It's on LG best form, on best form, but Kane LG's form has fluctuated severely in the last two years at the Titans, hence why they've moved away from him. Um, I think depth obviously is an issue. Fortress Brookvale, where's that gone? Because that's you, it's, you can barely it's play dead and buried. The, the grounds are shithole. The facilities are crap, um, and they don't get great crowds there. So. You know, the Fortress Brookvale, in some regard, is gone. I think it'll come back, obviously, if they start winning games. But uh, I had them winning the Spurn last year. They finished 15th. I've, I've got them in the bottom four again. I've got them uh, finishing exactly where they finished last year, 15th. So I haven't predicted them to get the Spurn. No, but they're right down there. But I've got them right down there. And look, I, I do think, though, you're going to see the tide turn for Manly this year. I think, you know, yeah. you'll see Des turn over the roster you'll see them start to go north a little bit. Last yeah. year, I thought they were going to go south, and they did. This well, year, for Manly fans, I think they're going to go north slightly, but not enough to play finals for I was about to say similar. He's already made some moves to get Adam Fanua Blake and a couple of guys who were unsettled signed up, so yeah. he's securing things long-term. The two Jabroyevichs were talking. They didn't know if they could stay. They've apparently just been both locked up. Tanya Paseko, who the big front row, who was very good as well. And I'm 
picking similar to what you're saying. If they get into a hole, he'll blood a lot of these kids if they're ready to go. If Tevita Funa, if Samisi Kiawa, uh, if Hopawato later in the year, maybe they've got Luke Metcalf, Hamoli Olakawatu, Jade Anderson, Sean Kepi, if, uh, Waddell. If there's guys to blood and give time to and flip this roster, I'm sure they will. My question is, again, salary cap-wise, they can't let him get out of control. Him and Noel Kelly, they made some good decisions in the past, but they've also left some time bombs and they wrap up some pretty shithouse deals. I'm pretty sure the NRL said last year they're going to restrict the way you structure contracts from now on, and there's only certain amounts you can ratchet deals up each year or a percentage. So there'll be no back-ended bombs from Desi this time. No. But, uh, I've got them finishing 13th purely again. I think they've got some talent in there starting 17, but you know, as soon as they get injuries, they're in trouble, and it always seems to happen. So... Manly with the Pro Sports Syndicate, $34 to win the comp, $51 for the minor premiership. Top four is $7. Top eight is $280. To miss the eight is $1.41. To win the spoon, $8.50. Over under for Manly is nine and a half. And I think, again, under. under. And there'll be nine or eight wins roughly somewhere around there. So I think so far we've agreed on every single one of the over-unders, which doesn't usually happen. Moving on next to the Melbourne Storm. Your team? Melbourne Storm. Second place last year, lost the grand final. Fifth in attack, second in defence, 16 and 8. Uh, it was a year where Cooper Cronk moved on. They rotated halfbacks. Croft went out. They played with Hughes and a couple of different people. Jacks weren't happy with that. Got Croft back at the back end of the year. They found themselves in the grand final. In a game, probably week one of the finals, similar to what the Sharks did. Uh, the Rabbitohs just gave them a couple of opportunities with errors inside 20. Melbourne took them and... Before you know it, they were playing the Roosters. But end of the day, that team was way too good for them. Cooper Cronk, I wasn't really worried about uh, as far as a loss. Obviously, it did hurt, but they still made the grand final. Billy Slater is a completely different kettle of fish. Billy Slater. Um, that Do you is, they played without Slater for two years and yeah, made a grand final? Yeah, that was final, with Cooper Cronk, Cameron Smith, and Munster. We still had three pieces of that. Uh, I think Smith's a year older again. He had some little signs at the back end of last year, some injuries. You're starting to sound like Michael Ennis. Looking at this side of things, losses aren't that bad to me. Glasby, you know, that's a depth one. Jax is a depth one. Hoffman, he basically came back to patch up for a year. Other than that, young Tonema Pia, Lewis Garrity, Lachlan Tim, they're, they're guys that didn't play for us. Billy Slater, though, is irreplaceable. And I'm disappointed now that Drinkwater's torn that pet because as much as I like Hughes, by the sounds of it, they were very, very big on Drinkwater and there was a lot of positive flying around that he was going to get that one jersey. Well, he's out for... He's probably going to be out 10 to 14 origin. weeks they're talking about. Origin, so, yeah. uh, Hughes is solid. Uh, hopefully, this kicks him on or spurs him to play some good football. He's coming off an injury is, yeah. after the Maori game. Gains for Melbourne, none. They made a couple of mid-year moves last year. They literally signed no on this offseason. What they've done is make moves to shore up the future. So they locked in Solomona, Drinkwater, Hughes, Felice Cafusi, Scott, Munster, all these young guys got up and coming deals. And internally, they've promoted players. So Ryan Pappenhausen, who's a former Australian schoolboy fullback, Billy Walters, who we saw in the residence game, can play six, can play a bit of nine. And then they've got Tino, I can't even pronounce the name. It's, I think it's Far Asamuluai, who is a 19-year-old who's played for Queensland and Australia. He's a second-row prop. He's in that mould of your Harris your McLean's, he's 110 kilos and 198 centimetres. He's the one I'm hoping comes into the squad. He's a big bopper. Other than that, though, the side from the grand final is pretty much untouched, but Billy Slater, which is a huge loss. But who's the coach of this team? Craig Bellin is the coach of this team. And regardless of who leaves this football team, if Cameron Smith misses time, they've got Brandon Smith, there's a good enough forward pack. They always get more out of nothing than anyone else does. There's talk they've got cap pressure. Heard some stupid comments again. Why aren't they in trouble? Because they haven't played a game yet. The Sharks thing and these other issues are after the fact where you've cheated money. Yep. They may have to strip someone out. The talk is they're trying to push Cassiano out. I'm not losing any sleep after, over that. I do still think, much like the grand final last year, though, Melbourne are a middle short on their bench. 
if the bench is going to have, say, Welch, Kenny Bromwich, uh, who's the next guy? Bar Brandon Smith. They've got Tui Kamikamika, who played a couple of games. Does Tino step up to the mark? Does Eisenhuth get to come in and play middle? Tommy Eisenhuth, does Pakafusi, Albert Vete, who they took from the Warriors, who's one I thought they could use with a bit of leg speed and get him fitter. He's mm-hmm. the one I'm kind of looking at maybe to start the year off. But um, other than that, halves depth was the other question. But if Munster's there with Croft, if Drinkwater comes back, they've got big wraps on Walters. There's a few things that can happen there. Backline depth, their backline's good again. Adokar, Chambers, Scott, Suley, Hughes and Drinkwater, whoever plays fullback. But they've got Pappenhausen, who we talked about. Shander Earl, they've got massive wraps on. Clearly, he's really turned his life around. Chase Blair played in the grand final a couple of years before. Justin Allen played some games. So, uh, number one thing for me, Craig Bellamy, Cameron Smith, Cameron Munster. And I think Nelson Asafa Solomona has to take another step forward. And Jesse Bromwich has had a couple of okay years. It's time to lead from the front. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, look, for me, the Slater... The Slater hole is going to be one to fill. Um, and look, Scott Drinkwater looked good when he was there. So that's not ideal. It's not a not an ideal way to start. I think the spine reshuffle, it caused them issues last year. They had a horses for courses um, approach with their halves. They've lost Jacks. They've lost Slater. Uh, but they have the best system. Their core skill, their discipline, their tackle technique, they've got the best in the, in the competition. That's going to get them a handful of wins. They've got the best coach in the game. That will also get them a few wins. They've got the best hooker. Um, of all time. That's going to get them a couple of wins. So straight away, you've got them in the eight. Um, look, I think they've lost more than obviously what they've gained in recruitment because they didn't gain anything and they lost yeah. a future immortal. I think they paddled last season for the majority of the year and then came good at the end um, and then got proven in the grand final that they're, they're a bridge too far to compete with those top sides. However, what gives me great confidence is the fact that they're just going to get through those periods of the season where other sides fall over. Uh, their pack looks really solid, as does their back five. Their bench will need to give them consistent impact. Depth is an issue. Um, so for me, it's a tough one, but you know they're, they're like the New England Patriots. They just will not go away. They're metal men. So I've got them finishing fourth. Um, I'd be shocked if they didn't finish in the top eight. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they finish in the bottom four of the eight, but the reason I've got them in the top four is just because I know what I'm going to get from them. Yeah. Well, so I've got them finishing fourth. I've got them in the exact same spot, and I was going to put them five or six, but after the Sharks... After the Panthers salary, issues, I bumped them up. They're the two things that got me. I had them about six, probably behind Penrith and Cronulla. Yeah. But with the salary cap issue, the CEO today, I think the Sharks still make it easily, but if they lose a player and Wade Graham doesn't get healthy, I kind of looked at that, and like you said, Melbourne's consistent. They've got Cameron Smith, you've got Munster, you've got Craig Bellamy, and the Penrith stuff is really worrying me. So I've got them fourth as well, but it wouldn't surprise me if they're on the bottom half of the eight. If they miss the eight, though, I'd be dumbfounded. Mm. I really would. Slater's a huge hole, but I just look at Craig Bellamy. Yeah, Craig Bellamy gets the most out of nothing. And again, why they didn't buy anyone, there's a lot of guys in the background there that are playing reps for under-20s, Queensland Cup teams, New South Wales residence teams. There's always someone waiting there in the wings that Craig Bellamy's going to put into a position like he has before, who you don't know about, who hopefully will step up for the Storm this year. So I've got them fourth as well. Premiership for the Melbourne Storm with the Pro Sports Syndicate. They are $7.50 to win the comp. Minor premiership, $6. Top four, $1.95. Top eight, $1.22 to miss. So if anyone thinks this is the downfall, $4.10. The wooden spoon, $101. And the over-under is 14 and a half. Yeah, I've got to win it more than that. So you're going the over. Going I under. almost went under on 14 when I was thinking sixth because last year, usually in the past, 14 or 15 was in the bottom half. But 
I, don't I think know. they'll win. I think they'll win fifteen. I think the bottom end is so bad now that they'll be right on that borderline again. So fourteen, fifteen. I'll go over. I originally had under, but now I'm talking myself into it because I've gotten the top four. If you're going to be in the top four, you have to win fifteen, sixteen That's games. Right. So, yeah. All right, I'm there with Melbourne as well. Next one up is the Newcastle Knights. The rebuild is done. Cousin Gary's got his shirt back out. Cousin Gary, he's, <laughs> he's got it back out. There's a few Newcastle fans that have got a lot They're of dusting hope them off for this year, and rightfully so. Last year they finished 11th. Their attack was 14th. Defensively, 15th. Nine and 15. There was some youth again that came through who we saw stand up. Like Lachlan Fitzgibbon was absolutely outstanding. Daniel Safidi continued to grow. Sami Solo, a couple other guys played. Pierce and Ponga were the big ones, but the injuries that they both had derailed any chance of them making the finals. And it looked like they were going to get there. Mm-hmm. They missed significant parts of the seasons. Losses this year, in all honesty, this is just Nathan Brown. Again, I know Pressure's people on, He's done a great job. Ken Seo, Luke Yates, Dylan Pythian, Nick Meaney, Patton, Chanel Matatia, uh, Heinington, Lilliman, Corey Dennis. Like, there's a lot of guys there that he's just been turning it over nicely as things have gone to different stages. Uh, JJ Felice was only there for six months, gone. Cogger and Lamb you could be worried about, but they've got some really good young halves that they're very, very keen on in Phoenix Crossland. Um, and they had another one in Jock Madden who ended up going to the Tigers, but they like those young guys, so they're happy with what they've got there. As far as games go, they finally had a big off-season recruitment. David Clammer, Tim Glasby, James Garvey, Jesse Ramian, who was an absolute corker, Kurt Mann, good for depth, Edric Lee, Mason Lino as a backup half, Zach Wolford and Heimel Hunt. Um... Looking at this one, Brock, this is definitely their time to shine. My big issue, though, and everyone keeps going on about it, Ponga 5'8", Ponga fullback. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like him playing six. It's yeah. not what he can't play six. I think he can play six. Uh, it's the talk that people go, oh, he played Origin. He defended like he defended in the middle. He defended there for 20, 30 minutes. In the middle, you've got players around you. You're not getting directly contacted all the time. On an edge, you can isolate someone. You can put them on an island. You can bang back rows into them all day long. You can mm-hmm. bang centers into them. You can channel into a player and just go at them all day. And if he thinks that they're not going to run at him 30-plus times a game or try and get at him that much and just burn out all his juice, he's got another thing coming. On the flip side of that, I think Connor Watson is good as a one-ball running, but I don't think he possesses anywhere near as much ball-playing talent and danger sweeping and engaging in the line on both sides of the field as Ponga does. I think he's better in the front line, playing second fiddle to Mitchell Pearce, who is a dominant enough and good enough halfback, as he showed last year, to run the show on his own. So I think they've kind of flipped two players around and kind of patched up rather than putting them in two spots I think they're better in. And they don't have a nine that I trust yet still in Danny Levi, who hasn't showed me enough quite yet. So I don't know how long they're going to persist with this move, but for me, if Pong is at fullback, I'm a lot more confident about them potentially squeezing into the eight. Well, we interviewed Ivan Cleary three weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, um, for a function at Penrith Panthers, and... He said that to move Ponga in his mind was a wrong move because it, it pins him to one side. It makes it easier for you to solve him. He said he was an absolute nightmare to defend at fullback because he can just pop up on both sides of the field. Um, and, you know, he, he didn't really see it as the right move for Newcastle. I'll, I'll go as far as predicting this. If he plays in the front line and he plays 5'8", he'll get injured this year because sides are just going to, A, run a shitload of traffic at him and, B, Whenever he goes to the line to ball play and his ribs are exposed, they are going popped. to whack him. Yeah, he's going to get injured. 
okay? So for me, it just it's a ridiculous move. I, I don't understand why they've moved into 5'8". I, I don't get it at all. Unless it's Ponga putting them over a barrel saying, I need to play 5'8", I want to play 5'8", and they're appeasing the kid. Well, it sounded more that way in the off-season. Well, he to me, to you've got to stand eight. firm. He's had such a standout year, a breakout year last year. Um, but as you said, they've recruited well. I think they've got rid of plenty of non-NRL talent, and they've got NRL talent in the door. It's positive. I don't think you know they've got that much talent in the door that they're going to climb the table significantly. Um, and it also needs time to to gel and become yeah, it's fluent. It's a big change. So, um, in order to be able to perform consistently. So how long will that take? That's going to be one issue. Um, I have an issue with it restricting Ponga to one side of the field. I think fullback's his spot. So as you said, with Levi, Hooker's an issue. It's his last chance for me to cement his spot. Watson, where does he fit into the puzzle? If it's at one, for me, that's the wrong move. If it's at nine, I don't know. I think for me right now, Watson's your 14. Um, and can Mitchell Pearce stay fit? Because if Mitchell Pearce stays fit last year, he probably goes close to winning the Dally M and Newcastle will go close to making the finals. So for me, Nathan Brown, he's in a similar position to Garth Brennan in that, you know, it's now your roster. It's, he's had obviously more time than yeah, Brennan. Yeah, he had a bigger rebuild. But did, uh, he did, absolutely. So for me, it's time for, for him to bring the Knights up and challenge for the finals. I've got them finishing just outside. I've got them in ninth position. Yeah. Uh, well, I look at depth as the other thing. Moga, is he going to be healthy? I doubt it. Nathan uh, Ross is already injured. So outside back depth is not really that great. Heimel Hunt is there. He apparently had an injury the other week as well and has been known to be injured. So if you're looking at that side of things... They've got Sione Matadi going back out into the centres to cover, which I don't mind because he's not going to fit in this back row to me because their back row now with Barnett, Lachlan Fitzgibbon, who was outstanding, Aiden Guerra, there's plenty of options in that side of things. Safidi, SESE, Garve, etc. It's a big upgrade from the front rowers they had last year. Glasby, Clamar, but nine. Turning Kurt Mandon to nine, I'm not too sure about that. I don't know if he'd be able to defend in the middle for a whole game. He's a great utility to have. Um, but it's the Ponga Pierce thing. I think if he proves us wrong, God bless him, and it wouldn't surprise me because he's that good of a talent. I just think at this point, at this time, when your legs are still fresh and your feet pop, he's not 26, 27, he's played eight years and needs a rest from the Ks at fullback. Yeah, He's much more dangerous if I just have him focusing 100% on nothing but attack and popping up wherever he wants and kick returns as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying he can't play six. I'm not saying Watson can't play one. I was the one saying when he was at the Roosters that I like Watson as a one. But for this team and the makeup of it with a dominant seven, I think it's going to be hard for Ponga to get himself into the game playing in the front line with Pierce. I think Pierce is better off dictating and Ponga just hangs at the back and picks his moments. So uh, I don't know if it works out. I do really hope they prove me wrong, but I'm with you. Unfortunately, Newcastle fans, I've got them at ninth. But this team should push for the eight. If they do get in the eight, it wouldn't surprise me. It no, really it wouldn't would. surprise me either. Um, and again, Origin, um, Clemmer, Glasby, maybe. Does Lachlan Fitzgibbon get considered for New South Wales? Again, it's going to be hard with the squad they've got. Ponga, What's Raymond. There's four or five players that potentially get there. But, um, yeah, I've got them just out, unfortunately. But, and they've got some good kids, again. Bo Fomor was under-20s player of the year. Bradman Best, you won't see for a couple more years. Gun center winger, who's only 17. Stafford Toa, Phoenix Crossland. So, things well, we are still looking... Well, uh, we run into their junior rep sides this weekend. Their yeah, Harold Masters are stacked. Yeah. Um, who I'm, I'm trying to do some video on and pull apart at the moment, but uh, you're you're running into the SG Ball, who are just as stacked. So uh, for Newcastle fans, you've got good crop of, of youngsters coming through, and they're all, again, home-built. Yeah. And your club's in a great I, I, position. I've got to be honest, I, looking at the type of player, like I've obviously looking at the 16s at the moment, Newcastle seem to be moving away from that prototypical body shape. They, they, they seem to be going back to 
little men in little positions, skillful men in skillful positions. Football. Big, it, it, yeah, like I, th- I think something's changed up there in terms of the way they're looking at development and recruitment and they're picking the junior best development. Yeah, instinct, I, natural ability. Their Harold like. Matthews side are going to be an absolute nightmare for me to coach against on the weekend. Um, and they're just they've got speed out wide. They've got really, really good ball players in their key positions and just big boppers, country boys in, in their forward pack. So well, again, they're doing some good things at Newcastle. I can't wait to see their 20s and their cup side this year because some of the kids they're promoted who have just done a full-time off-season that are only 17, 18, 19 years old are in those key positions you're speaking of yeah. and outside backs and they're great footballers. So Again, if they don't make finals this year, I know Brown's deal's got the claws where they can get rid of him. There's no way I'm getting rid of him. No. He's done too much work for them to chop him at the first year. He's got a real side. Bottom four, I think he's got a problem. He's, he's in trouble. But if he just misses the eight or he gets in, I think he deserves definitely another yeah. year to push forward. But you've got them ninth. I've got them ninth. Uh, the premiership for them with the pro sports syndicate, $17, $21 for the minor premiership for the Knights. Top four, four twenty. Top eight, $1.95 to miss the eight, $1.80. The spoon... 17 over under Brock. Now, this one is difficult depending on how things work out this year, but it is 11 and a half. I've gone over because I think the top eight finishes similar to last year where eighth is a higher amount of wins. So I think they might get to 12 bang on, but that may see them just outside. So what do you reckon? 11 and a half over under? Under. You reckon 11 or 10 wins? Yeah, what'd you say? Under. I said 12 because of how way last year panned out. Okay. I think I'm, saying, could... I'm saying like under 11 and a half. All right, so I'm basically... First one we're, we're opposites on. There you go. Moving on now to the New Zealand Warriors. Uh, last year, they finished 8th. They were 10th in attack, 5th in defence, which was a big turnaround. 15-9 and nine was their record. Roger Tuovasa-Shek, obviously the eventual Dahlia medalist. Outstanding year in attack, more so defensively. Their spine, though, him, Luke, Johnson, Green, everything working together. Tohu Harris, Fussy Tour, and Ken Marmolo formed one of the most lethal backfield and set start combinations in the competition. Uh, they had good balance throughout the year, but the big problem was those spine members all interchanged having a couple of weeks off. Harris missed some games, and they got a bit flat by the back end of the season. And week one, as they have done so often, as soon as Johnson was out of that game early against the Panthers, they quit. So it wasn't a great finish to the year, but uh, hopefully Kearney being extended, he's going to be the longest tenured New Zealand Warriors coach now. Moving forward, Alex Corvo there for another... Big off-season. Um, I guess the massive thing moving forward is there's now no Sean Johnson. It's a big hole. It's a massive huge hole. hole. Um, the other one for me that's gone a little bit unnoticed is Simon Mannering. He's yep. gone. Uh, a lot of look, dirty work, a lot of grit work. So it's both their best two players, apart from two of us as Sheck. Uh, culture turnover, massive experience uh, they've lost. You know, a side that started really well in 2018, but they, they didn't fire a shot at the back end of the year. Um the coach has got a huge job. Cover the cover for the loss of Sean Johnson. He's uh, going to be massive, uh, and the off field and the leadership of the club and the culture he's trying to build in terms of Simon Mannering. So, I hope he's kept Mannering around in some sort of capacity. Uh, I'm the biggest Blake Green fan you'll you'll meet, um, but he needs he needs good partners. He needs someone to partner him. And my concern is that that partner is going to be young um, and. You know, Greeny will steer a ship, uh, steer a side around. He'll steer the ship, but he's not going to give you that dynamic play and uh, a lot of try assists. So, um, whoever it is is going to be young and inexperienced, and they're going to have to really, really step up for me for the Warriors to to make the finals. Um, the fullback and the hooker again. They had career years last year in Tuivasa-Shek and Isaac Luke. They're going to have to have equally, or if not better, seasons this year. Uh, and can the Fords and the the, the wingers? 
give them the same output in terms of meterage. Um, I don't think so. I, I think the Warriors have taken a step back slightly, and, and I have concerns over the impact that Johnson out and Mannering out is going to have on this side. Yeah, I think Roger Tuivasa-Sherk will have another big year. Isaac Luke is coming off a shoulder reconstruction, so I'm concerned about that, mm. that he's not going to start the year as fit and as good a nick as what he did. Adam Kieran or Chanel Tabita-Harris, two different kind of players. Chanel Tabita-Harris, a bit like Johnson with a flamboyancy in the running game, uh, probably a bigger body. Ken Ball play a little bit. Adam Kieran's more purely a natural six center. He plays a bit of one as well. He played junior, uh, you know, kangaroos, a lot of junior reps, all these kind of things, and moved to the Panthers for an opportunity. He was outstanding in New South Wales Cup last year. I think he ends up getting the first crack. But like you said, uh, Greeny's going to have to do a lot of the kicking, guide them around the field, do a lot of that kind of stuff. Harris, I'm assuming, will be paired up with Kieran, which will help him. Harris is a good, you know, outlet on that edge to pass, set things up, help be creative. I think Ken Marmalo, Fusitua, Roger Tuivasa-Shek, again, are the best back three in the competition as far as metres. But I don't trust Qatar and Hiku defensively. The whole year, whether it is Kieran or Tavita Harris, I don't think they're going to be able to come up with those plays, like you're saying, to create those tries. And my concern is is that they're they're not going to have a solid Haas partner. My concern is that Kearney's going to chop and change. Well, even if they do have one, I still don't think between the pair there's enough you know, firepower there. It's going to be more steering and a kicking game. I don't think someone there is going to be able to break the game open like a Sean Johnson would, but also the yeah. forward pack. The consistency in Lasone, Afoa, Papali'i, Adam Blair's getting older, Armios come over from the Dragons, Ignatius Parsi. When these guys are on, it's an absolute beautiful thing to watch. The offloads, the free-flowing football, the bumps. The problem is, week to week, you're not going to see that consistency, I don't think. And a lot of these guys are still only 22, 23 years old. Besides... Yeah, Adam Blair and Yatohu Harris, who had injuries yeah. last year. So uh, that gives me some concern. As far as kids go, Hayes Perham is a fullback slash six, who's another guy who was thrown up for that jersey. He's only 18, 19 years old. He played cup last year. Um, does he get a look in? I don't think. I don't know. Chanel Tavita Harris will be fighting with Kieran for that spot. They've got Pat Herbert, who's come over from the Dragons. They've got a couple of guys there. Lewis Susamir is like a wing center, but depth is the other issue. Um, Liggy Sow, Lachlan Burr. Jackson Fry, um, you know, Roach has been injured if they need someone to play nine. Lawton's had a bad injury history at nine. Blake Ashford and Beal, like, as your outside back kind of depth. I'm not a big fan of that. The upside for them is they're going to have home games in New Zealand. They've got no origin influence, and even with Johnson and a couple of these guys going out, they're definitely not winning the spoon. So I've got the Warriors 11th. I've got them... Where do I have the Warriors? I've got them 11th as well. Nope, there you go. And with the Pro Sports Syndicate for the Premiership, the Warriors are $29, $41 for the minor Premiership. Fourth, uh, to be the top four, sorry, $7.50. Top eight, $2.90. To miss the eight, $1.40. The Spoon, $9. Over, under, Boxhead on the Warriors is 10 and a half. I'll go under, 10 and a half. I've gone under as well, and basically to be bang on 10, but it wouldn't surprise me if they got to, you know, say 11. Uh, 10, and, 10 and 14 to me seems about their record yeah next one the Cowboys everyone's disappointment last year besides Parramatta one of the two teams that everybody was on they end up finishing 13th they were 13th in attack and 11th in defence 8 and 16 record Morgan out early to start the year high hopes after the grand final kind of push they had McLean got injured first few weeks Scott was gone first few weeks Morgan gone Jonathan Thurston didn't come back the same player and just as a whole they were old they were slow they were stale it was a very sad end, but the big thing here is who they've moved on. So, Cooter's gone, Fensum, Sam Hoare, uh, Hudson, Kyle Labert, Kane Lynette, Ethan Lowe, uh, Winnerstein. Most of their back five in particular was moved on and a lot of older bodies and Jonathan Thurston. So, 
they've done a fair bit of work in the offseason and moved quite well. Getting Nene McDonald, I think, is a real upside because one area they really struggled with is set starts last year. Kyle Felt's got a good carry, but now you pair that with Nene McDonald, who's one of the best set starters in the competition. You get a good pairing there. Josh Maguire makes their pack even better than it was. I think Opacek is a better option than some of those outside backs they had from Brisbane. He's a solid player. He'll help out center wing. Kurt Baptiste brings some spark off the bench and some much-needed competition in my eyes for Granville because he's had no one there to push him in more recent times. Uh, Benny Barber was obviously there. He got himself into all sorts of trouble. He's gone. That really, really hurts, and that could have really helped um, the halves pairing. Peter Ola is a guy they've just upgraded. They've got big wraps on him, young front row, so there could potentially be another guy there. Uh, and Jordan Kahu, who, to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of. So I know they're looking at playing him fullback. I think he's a good footballer, but I don't think he's a marquee fullback or a guy I'd want to play there. For me right now, to start the year, if they want to go safe, Kahu's the option. If he develops further than that, good on him. I think he's a solid first grader, but I would have probably given Ben Hampton the first crack or tried to convert maybe a Tamare Martin because I think Jake Clifford's going to end up being Morgan's partner. And Morgan's specifically said he doesn't want to play fullback. Mm. And after a couple of injuries and where he's at his career, and he was potentially one of the best halves in the comp before he got injured, I can't blame him because this is now his side. He's going to be the one steering the ship. The questions I do have, forward pack, uh, outstanding. Whether Scott lasts or not, it's a different story. But McLean, Tamalolo, Hess, Maguire, Cooper seems to keep defying age. And then you've got some guys in like Asiata, Jensen, and Bolton when he's off his issue. He's obviously another one who got in trouble. Um, they'll be able to work around that. Molo and a couple of these guys did some good work and they come and did short stints. Felt Nene, good set starts. My real issues are fullback. If it is going to be Kahu, like I said, or do they switch to somebody else? And I, think, the, I think it'll be Hampton. And the center pairing. I like Hampton to play fullback or Tamari Martin, but I'm looking at the centers right now. If it's O'Neill and Hampton and Kahu at the back, mm. I'm not too sure. And then the other question is who partners Morgan? Tamari Martin okay. apparently has the inside running. He went on that run with him to the grand final. They work well together. Morgan, and again, is he going to come back all good, now healed up after 12 months off and pick up where he left off? Or is Jake Clifford the man? Jake Clifford probably brings, or I know he brings, a better kicking game, more control, but is that not going to balance out well with Morgan? Is he going to be the one who needs to kick, control things, and have a partner like Martin who can just play off the cuff and take opportunities? Yeah, we've spoken about everything that I've highlighted at the top of the list for the Cowboys, and that's key positions. Who's going to be in them? And can they get a consistent partnership? Because what I know for sure is they've got a forward pack that can dominate. They've got a forward pack that two years ago got them to a grand final um, when they're all fit and firing. They looked tired, unmotivated, distracted last season. They had the sideshow of Jonathan Thurston retiring. He didn't play very well at all. Their bench this year, it looks to lack impact. Matty Scott, I love him, but he's on his last leg. Scott Bolton, he's out for a period of time. Asiata had a lot of injuries and didn't look to have the same impact last year. Uh, is Kurt Baptiste going to crack the bench for them? Uh, you know, he's a similar style player to Granville. What worries me is that they don't have someone really crafty out of nine, which which concerns me when you lose Thurston. Uh, look, their depth were tested last year and, you know, it was enough to compete, but it wasn't enough to make the finals, was it? So I think they're going to need a fairly clean run with injury and they're going to need to find a, a stable key position spine um, and you know their forwards are going to have to dominate but to me I've got them returning to the top eight I've got them finishing seventh but I could also see them really struggling again I, I think for me I just trust in that they've got enough good players that Morgan comes back and plays that footy that we saw dragging them to the grand final when they did finished eight um, finished eighth sorry and, and made the grand final so they're a real hard one to work out the 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cowboys, but I think the thirst and distraction being gone. Um, again, I hope they don't have been as flogged and look as tired as what they did last year. I hope they've learnt their lessons out of that. They haven't had any international footy really in the offseason, so they should be fresh, firing, fit and without distractions this year, hopefully. Yeah, the other thing I have here is a good group of kids. We saw Anari Tawala, who's another one I forgot, sorry, who can play center wing. He's a solid player. Emre Pere is a junior Kiwi front row. So they need somebody like that, I think, to push in, as we're talking about, and join into that bench rotation. They need somebody like that. Peter Ola, they wouldn't have upgraded him to their top 30 if they didn't have big wraps on him. He's another big body who can play prop. And they've got Murray Tuilagi, who played cup all last year, who is a center winger. So if one of those young kids steps up, as we said in the past, kids can come out of the ground. Of in particular, one of those props to join the bench. I'm with you. I'm going with the faith that the Cowboys play at home. North Queensland's a hard place to travel. Michael Morgan will be able to guide this team in that forward pack led by Jason Tamalolo and McLean, now Josh Maguire. Yeah, I, I like their forward pack. Yeah, I, I'm going to make exceptions, again, to not really liking the back line and having a few questions over the spine because I think Morgan and the pack in particular, after a disappointing year, will drag them just back in. So yeah. I've got them finishing eighth also. I've got him seventh. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me. Sorry if... Uh, oh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if between them, Newcastle and the Titans, I agonised over. I could have swapped them each in other. And, yeah, I think a big part well, again... Well, for me, the Cowboys have shown me that they can do it. Yeah. The Knights and the Titans haven't. So at this point in time, I trust the Cowboys more than the other two. Yeah, fair enough. So there you go. Cowboys with the pro sports team get $19 to win the comp, $29 to win the minor premiership, four sixty. For the top four to make the eight, $2 to miss, $1.75 for the spoon, $17 over under. Brock is 11 and a half. So obviously over. going to be over that one if you want them to be playing finals football. The Eels. Spoon last year, 16th. They were last in attack, 13th in defense, 6 and 8, the worst record in the NRL. They were awful. Um, the first half against Penrith, they looked absolutely outstanding. Looked like the team possibly that turned up the year before that we looked at and said all the things that we probably should have said last year. And we did kind of mention, you wouldn't think that Tim Manor, Alvaro, the side they had, the halves, were the only real kind of thing you look at and thought that was outstanding, would make the top four, and they did. Mm. They come last year and just lay an absolute egg. The club fell apart. There was issues internally. There's pressure on Brad Arthur. There's talk that they need help in the footballing department. They're not a big fan of Bernie Gurnell after signing him and thinking that he was the right man to run the club. These juniors that are winning 16s and 18s and doing well, why are they not funneling through to the 20s and onwards? They're not progressing. There's been a lot of issues in that last 12 months. And then there was obviously Moses versus Norman. We know how that's played out. Norman's now moved on from the club. Uh, you know, Kenny Edwards had dramas early on. He was gone. Bevan French had a poor attitude because he didn't get to play fullback. Gutherson didn't play. It was just a bad year, full stop, for the Parramatta Eels. But moving into this year, losses. Norman's moved on. Cameron King, Sui Matangi, Bo Scott, Hooten, T-Rex, uh, Tony Williams. Guys that are all not big losses, to be completely honest. Needed to move on. Needed a bit of cat relief. Uh, Gaines. Dylan Brown is the big one. And we mentioned this kid a couple of years ago. as an outstanding young half who played... SG Ball won the comp as a 17-year-old, moved into their flag side that played in the grand final. They unfortunately lost, but now he's already playing first grade. And mm. it's only been 18 months. So that speaks to the volume of how good this kid is in the situation. 
Blake Ferguson, good buy. Sean Lane, a solid buy. Junior Paula, I'm not a, not a big fan of on the price tag. That's my main issue with the way the game's going. I don't think you can pay the reported $700,000 for somebody who potentially is going to last 30, 35 minutes. So I hope he's fit. Mm. Mike Acevo could be a sneaky Rad Rara kind of mould that they got from Penrith. He played cut there. So they could have changed the one thing they really struggled with last year, which was yardage starts with Ferguson and Sevo. So we'll get to see what happens there. Um, they've got a really good young front rower, Stefano, U2, Kamanu, who's only 19 years old. You spoke of Reed Mahoney. He's another one there, along with Dylan Brown. So there's some kids to we watch We spoke out. about them off here. Yeah. Um, Looking at the side, though, French or Gutherson at fullback, I'm sure that Gutherson will get first crack there. Brown, can't be French. Yeah, well, the way he played last year and his attitude, there's no way. Centres, though, uh, Michael Jennings. I'm looking at who's going to be partnering him in the centres. That's an issue there for me. Is it George? Because if it's not him, it's got to be probably Hoffman. Or it's got to be Gutherson to let French play because I can't see Sevo or Ferguson pushing in. Ferguson can play there, but you want the yardage from him. So that's one thing I'm already looking at depth. Brown and Moses. Can Moses run a team? From what I've seen so far, I'm not the biggest fan of Mitchell Moses. It's his team now. He's got to own it. I think Brown will do a steady job, but it's a big responsibility on a 19-year-old kid who's going to be playing behind Tim Matter, Daniel Alvaro. Um, I think Paulo, like we said, Lane, Nathan Brown are all going to help out. But again, Hooker, Reed Mahoney, like the kid, but Kaiser Pritchard's out temporarily and they've got no backup. Jamin Salmon, the other half, was up on the drink driving charge. I think he's free to play, but there's a common theme here again in depth and youth. They don't have a lot of depth in their squad. Mm-hmm. I liked Murata near Cora last year. Takarengi, is he a centre? Is he back row? I don't know. Terrapro's solid, but um, yeah, between Oregon Kafusi, Kane Evans, Maroa, who still hasn't jumped out of the ground for me, Celesi Faenga. Ray Stone, like there's a lot of kids in behind this 17, and I'm not a real big fan of the 17 in general. Mm. Me either. Um, Look, so. I, they haven't addressed their issue. Their issue is impactful forwards, forwards that can get them rolling. Um, and look, Semi Radraja masked that issue for a very long time. Yeah. Manor should have been gone two years ago. Alvaro, I know he won their player of the year last yeah, and year. And he works hard. He has great effort. Um, look, Junior Paulo coming back is going to address that to an extent. But. Once they missed out on, um, was it Tom Burgess or George Burgess they were, yeah. they were um, chasing, they then went to Paul Money and Isaac Luke. They've got to put their faith in some juniors, and Reed Mahoney's that man. Kaiser Pritchard is not the answer. He, look, he's too small, he doesn't have enough craft, and he gets knocked out you know, every second game that he plays. Mahoney's not big either. but He's, he's not, but he's crafty, yeah. he's young, give him a chance, game. right? Mitchell Moses is overpaid based on his output. He, you've now got a huge responsibility on him to organise because Dylan Brown is going to come in. He's a kid. He's going to be learning his way. So for me, the pressure goes on Mitchell Moses. Uh, Corey Norman's no longer there. He needs to be the mature partner in that and he really needs uh, to steer this side around. Gutherson, his effort's always great. Can't fold him there, but does he have enough craft to give them output at one? There's huge pressure on Brad Arthur, massive pressure on the coach. I think the players are under pressure. Michael Jennings is under pressure. Well, Bevan French gone. is under pressure. They, they, they tried to get rid of him before Manu the season Ma'u kicked off. is under pressure. Well, yeah, injured. but that, that'll, that'll change big time if yeah. Jennings plays well. But Ma'u's out too. For me, Ferguson, he's a big signing with Paulo, but the key to me is can Ferguson give them the output that Rad Raja did? Because if he can, it'll mask some of those issues and alleviate some of those problems in the middle. Um, but the big one for me is they're going to move into this nice new stadium. So surely they can get up for that. They're going to play the, the West Tigers there on Easter Monday. That'll be the opening of the new stadium. I think they're going to get some enthusiasm and lift out of that. You know, the year before last, this time last year, we were talking about them as a potential grand final, a top four side. 
not much has changed in terms of their roster apart from obviously Norman walking out the door. Hayne, that went sour, but you know we, we didn't love that signing to start with. That so, look, for me, the Eels, I've got them finishing 12th. I really don't know what to make of them. Um, I don't know. I don't think they're going to go as bad as what they did last year uh, for reasons outlined. But also I don't think they're going to go as good as what some people are tipping them after they won you know, a trial over the Panthers 20-0. Let's see if they can repeat that in round one with a win 20-0 over Penrith out here. And then I'd, I'd sit up and go, okay, maybe things are going to be different well, again, this year. I know the trial result. they're the riding weekend. the two kids. They're riding Mahoney and they're riding Brown. If they can really give them a lift, I like well, the chances. But Paulo if they Lane, fail, they don't have a lot of other places to go. Junior Paulo's got to step up. Sean Lane's got to step up. Uh, they've got to get more out of it. Nathan Brown, who was a bit quiet last year and got frustrated over the situation. The Ford, if the Fords don't lay a platform, but if he's carrying the ball on the back of slow play, the balls like yeah. he's not going to be able to generate a lot. So for me, Junior Paulo is going to have to be big. Ferguson's going to have to be big. They're, they need players yeah. in and around the middle of the field. And they're going to get some quick play the balls. Mike Acevo is a big body, like I said, that they took from Penrith Cup, who also can score, but is a big body. So if they can get two guys come and start their yardage, time sets, will tell. But yeah, I'm not sold at all. French wants to play one. He was unhappy last year, miserable. Jennings, they've tried to sell, couldn't get rid of him. He took the option just because he didn't want to go anywhere. So there's a lot of issues for me already, uh, and I don't really like the depth. To me, regardless of what's going to happen with Brad Arthur, if this goes sour early, I want to see, like you've said, faith in the juniors. I want to see Ray Stone, a former Australian schoolboy, Oregon Kafusi, who's also an Australian former schoolboy, Stefano, who I said before, um, you two, Kamani. I want to see all these kids just get in. Blood the kids, put Salmon in, Brown, Moses, all these guys push for the year after. Well, we've just given Newcastle rap. We've just played the Eels over the weekend and the footy that they dished up for the for the stack sides they have in junior reps was pretty ordinary, the, I thought. The style and the coach, it's just everything. Oh, they felt restricted. It felt yeah, really, it felt really, really, really robotic. They rely on a power game, but what they're doing at Mats and Ball level isn't transferring no. into flag and NRL level. So something needs to change in terms of A, the way they've been coached at development and B, the type of player they're looking at. Well, take the shackles off. I yeah. saw some good players on the weekend that couldn't offload or weren't allowed to do anything because they've obviously been told that if you do... Yeah, you're going to be off. They've got the ability to do so. So let the kids play. But for me, I'm sorry, Parramatta fans, but I've got to win in the spoon again. You've got to win in uh, the spoon? I've got to right down the bottom. Okay. So I hope that Ferguson and these couple of guys can turn around. But again, like out of all that depth, they're all kids. And the few other guys that have played some first grade in Maroa... You know, Hoffman, George Jennings, Will Like I'm not overly impressed. I don't mm. trust Moses. Gutherson's in a contract year. He was okay last year. Marnie, there's no backup nine. There's just, there's not a whole lot there. And I'm not impressed when you've got a guy like Jennings, who again, I think is a good footballer, who they tried to ship out. They just couldn't get rid of him because his player option's 700 grand. And he's like, well, I'm not going anywhere. I don't think he's trying to prove a point. I think he'll play okay, but he's realistically collecting a paycheck. Yeah. And yeah, there's just a lot of holes here that I see. I don't see another centre right now, so I'm looking at that in particular going, well, I'm almost looking at Gutherson thinking he has to play centres because I don't want Brad Takarengi there to put French at fullback. So I'm a bit worried for Parramatta. Uh, with the Pro Sports Syndicate, $34 to win the... Prim- oh, I've definitely got that one. No, maybe that's right. $34 to win the comp, 51 to win the minor, eight fifty for top four, three twenty five for top eight to miss the eight, dollar thirty one. $6 for the spoon. The over-under for me is going to be very, very easy. It? And I was surprised about this for the Eels. Uh, what did I have it here? It was nine and a half. I went under. Nine and a half. I think that's bang on where they're going to be. Um, I'll go under. You reckon they get to nine? There you go. 
Hopefully, I think they'll get to nine. Hopefully it turns for the para fans out there. But now moving on to the Penrith Panthers. They finished fifth last year, eighth in attack, seventh in defense, 15 and nine was their record. Uh, again, positive start to the did year. I, did I say where the Eels, I think the Eels will finish? Yeah, 12th. 12th, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, horror, CTE. Come on, mate. <laughs> Keep cutting in here. Horror year in the end, it finished up after such a positive start. They had a lot of guys push into the rep arena. Peachy, who's now gone, Campbell Gillard, etc. Um, but yeah, things started off so positive, but we, where there's smoke, there's fire, and we said it for ages. The problems with Hook, good, all the shit going on behind the scenes, and finally, all the lies were exposed. It all fell apart. Cameron Serrato was pushed to the forefront. Gus pushed for him to be the coach afterwards as well, which the board finally cottoned on to that basically whoever Gus wants in charge, Gus is going to try well, and control Serrato and was manipulate. The, the whole way through. And now, finally, they've gone back to what we wanted at the start, hmm. which is Ivan Cleary. And then the problem here now is that Ivan Cleary's copped a bit and probably rightfully so somewhat in the move back there. But like this whole situation could they've have been avoided. They've got back to where they should have been yeah. four years ago. But my problem ago, is I think they've missed a bit of an opportunity. They and, have. And the squad why is still good. I think the depth part of it is now gone that they worked on, built by Ivan Cleary and Matt Cameron previously, yep. which has been wasted in the last couple of years. Yep. So I don't want to get into this because every time we do, man, you go off on massive tangents about the club and how everything's going. But we don't the, need to. No. Simple as that. The bigger issue probably is the stuff that's happened off the field today that we're not going to go into and affecting the club moving forward. So let's mm-hmm. hope that besides... Well, let's go into it in that Tyrone May has been stood down. It looks like he's going to be out Coleman for an extended period Tyrone of time. Phillips, I think it's now also, who else is this going to implicate and what is the effect this is going to have in terms of a distraction? Mm. Let's not... We don't have to go into the details of it, but no, no. The, the fact of the matter is it's going to be a distraction. Well, what impact it has... Remains to be seen. The field, again, won't lie, but I throw it's this not a good there. thing. It's not a good thing. There's 29 in their top squad right now, and if he ends up being removed, the one upside for Penrith is they've got some very, very, very good kids in development. So they've got Sean Bloor, Spencer Lanu, who are two awesome forwards who aren't currently in their top 30, William Burns, Brian well, hang Tu. On, hang on, they're in there. They're listed as their development players, and they're able to use them. They're able to use top 35. Well, they need, to get, is now, they is need to get an exemption outside okay. of top 35. But they won't if they've got players available, is what I'm saying. So if you want to move no, them I think they can still in, they can still play them. Well, they reckon you have to use everyone in a possible position before you can have them. Yeah. So what I'm getting at is there's Louis Toso, Payapur, a lot of guys prior to them. But if May's gone and everyone leaves one more spot up until June 30, one of these kids is going to get put in. But if Tyrone is ended up out of the squad and they've got two spots open, I wouldn't be surprised if Spence Alano and Sean Bloor were two of those guys. Another one who impressed me was Brian too, who yeah. we watched play junior football coming through as well. Very impressive. Yeah, I'll coach outside him. Outside back Matthews. and yeah. good yardage player. William Burns played junior blues and Dean Bloor, the brother of Sean, a half. So there's another option. The thing is, they've already got four half options, so they probably won't push for him yeah. to go forward. But looking at them, losses. But he's there, isn't he? He's yeah. there trying. Depth kind of is what they've lost out here. Uh, Christian Crichton, Corey Harawir and Ira Hurts, Adam Kieran, who's a good kid. Uh, you know, Merrin moved on, rightfully so. Too much money being taken up, they've put it elsewhere. Peachy's the biggest one for me. And then Mike Acevo and Corey Waddell. So, again, really good depth going out the club. Gains, more smart buys here. They got Tim Grant back for an absolute dollar dazzler after pushing him out a couple of years ago. Terrell Fuimano brings a bit of, uh, you know, versatility to play an edge or center. Harme Sele from the Dragons, who I actually didn't mind. So, again, dollar dazzler. And Dallin's brother Malachi has moved back to the club, plus those kids we mentioned. Looking at this squad, I think the back line is pretty much well sorted. Edwards, Dallin, Farre, Wanga, Blake, and Mansour. Halves sorted, Maloney, and Cleary. So one to seven is looking good. And they've got Lawai. Start and pack. If you've got Tamiao, Katawa, Campbell Gillard, Kikau, Yo, and Fisher Harris, I'm pretty happy. My issue this year, like I said, is now the depth has started to get pushed out of the club as they've spent salary cap. So the bench with Kikau out now, possibly four to six weeks, 
would probably have Hetherington start in the back row. Then your bench would look like Egan, Moses Leota, Tim Grant, and then either McKendry or Harme Sele or someone along those lines. So they are really thin now in their forward stocks as far as depth is concerned. And that's what happens when you have so many good kids and you have to upgrade people. And this is why this window concerns me. The other issue, as much as I love the halves pairing, uh, Maloney to me faded out the back end last year. You heard rumours that he was potentially you know, looking to get moved out the door. They're a big fan of Luai. Does he see out the contract? The word is he won't see out the contract. And that was the talk from Dave Dot that he was very interested in England. Dylan Edwards, he's probably the better ball player compared to Dallin. Uh, Dallin's probably better off being that yardage starter, but he played some good footy there last year. Is Edwards developed his passing game? But my bigger question here, Brock, why I really, really like this side, 1-17 to full strength, is 9. Sione Katoa, to me, is more serviceable at this point than Wade Egan if he just passes, makes his tackles, and doesn't have any brain snaps. But the problem is he gives away penalties. He pushes the bill sometimes. And then on the flip side, Wade Egan, to me, still plays too much of an under-20 style where he's just looking to run. Uh, his pass is nice enough, but I think you can spot him up in defense. So Hooker, for me, is the issue. And honestly, I would have played Tyron May there. He well, played through out. juniors as a hooker, as a lock, as all these things in the 20s and other things. But that well, he's never, said, played, never played a lot of nine. Well, they tried to use him there in 20s and I don't blame him because 20s is 20s. But looking at him, I just thought he would have been a good solid plug for me not trusting the other two yeah. just yet. But he's now out of the picture. Yeah. So nine is my glaring one and then depth if they get injuries in the forwards. Yeah, a lot of people forget that they led the comp after 13 rounds last year. They The off-field stuff yeah. caught up with and them. And knocked off the Dragons. Um, and... That brought them undone. They still went to week two of the finals. Yeah. Um, off-field issues. They've obviously exploded this week. That never bodes well for the upcoming season, ever. It, it's not going to um, make them play better, so it concerns me. Um, Cleary back, I think, is a huge positive from a coaching perspective. Uh, but they're going to need more from, I think, Nathan and Maloney against top four op- opposition. I always watched Penrith last year against top four teams, and they didn't, to me really look like they were going to knock off top four teams. They looked like they could they could beat, you know, the other 12, but when they really got up against top four opposition, to me, they look outgunned. And for me, that comes back to your key position players. Regan Campbell-Gillard, to me, was poor last year. He really needs to stand up um, at club level. Tarmow, again, for me, he's yeah. on last legs. Well, that contract... Merit. Those two contracts were They've phased. got to shift that contract now if, if I'm Penrith. I'm doing that behind the scenes. Um... The others need to stay healthy, as you said, in terms of depth. Kickow's already out. Fisher's, uh, Fisher Harris has had his injury concerns, so that worries Gallum me had a little. An in the off and Fisher Harris plays a style where he's going to get injured. Yeah. He just that's he's, he's that a human physical. battering ram. Nine massive issue. I, I, I don't like Katoa or Egan. Not that I don't like them. I'm not in love with either of them. No. I don't think either of them has really owned that position as yet. So Penrith are going to need someone to really step up and be the 60 minute hooker that they need moving forward. Uh, Jerome Luai, for me, uh, you know, we've we've heard that he's been training the house down in the off-season and, you know, he's not far away from taking the mantle from potentially Cleary if his form dips or Maloney. I think there's going to be massive pressure on in the halves, particularly if Penrith start poorly and those halves aren't clicking. I think, you know, Ivan will pull the trigger. Um, could even Luai come in and play one? That's even an option if they get an injury to an Edwards or someone like that. So... To me, Luai is going to be in this side. Uh, it's a matter of uh, when, not if. And the two you mentioned, Sean Bloor and Spencer Lanai. I'd uh, be upgrading one of them right they're, now. They're going to be in there. I, I'd be I'd be pushing to probably play one of them now in front of... If Kikau's out, 
Well, I'd be I'd be asking the question. I, I watched their cup side last year. I like Payapua, but he doesn't strike me as a big one. Liam Martin's more Payapua was a middle. He, yeah. he was with us at twenties as well. He's Liam, a middle. He's not an edge back yeah. row. No, I don't mean edge back row. I think they're lacking. But that's the where the hole is. I think the lacking is in the middle. The hole the hole for kick out we're talking about. Who's going to play that position? Oh, it can't be Hetherington. Well, can't can't be. He's Hetherington. probably going to be the one. So no way in the world. If not, it's going to be Terrell Fuma. It'll be Fuma. if anyone. But I, I like the two young kids more. But I look at Nick Louis-Toso and Payapua and McKendry and think out of you three, I'd rather have Lane, who probably in my squad right now. And I like Louis-Toso. He's solid, but he hasn't played great yet. So either he's in the side very, very early or a Selle, who plays more like a 13. But uh, I think they're lacking an extra middle. That's the big one for me. And Tim Grant, he's well, got I'd no play, I'd, I'd sooner play Fisher-Harris on the edge and Hetherington at lock than I would we'll do that. the That's other fine. way around. I, Hetherington to me, no. The big thing here is they've finally got Ivan Cleary. Like I said, the depth part's gone, but I think they'll play a better style of football. All the stuff we complain about under Griffin, about there's no push on the football, a lack of attacking setup structure, I think that'll all be a lot better under Ivan. Mm. The big thing for me is I didn't note him as a defensive coach. He turned the Tigers last year in one of the defensive juggernauts. He's a good so defensive coach. I'm sure that that would be a focus for Penrith as well because Maloney in particular has been poor defensively. I, I also don't think you've heard the last of players getting out of for these videos. So I, look, no. I think they're going to get deeper into this and they could, could lose another couple of Players. Well, I've got them finishing fifth, and again, that was too. concerns about what I heard today. Mm, I had them in the top four as absolute shoo-ins, but based on you know what's going on there at the moment, I've got them in if fifth. Things get ugly, and they have a couple they of could, injuries. They could not make the eight. They could miss the eight, hundred yeah. uh, percent. And with the Pro Sports Syndicate to win the Premiership, ten dollars to win the Minor Premiership, ten dollars, four dollars. Uh, sorry for top four, two forty-five for the top eight, a dollar forty-five to miss the eight, two sixty-five for the spoon, fifty-one dollars. Over under Brock is 13 and a half. So, given the spot they were in, I had over because realistically, again, fourth, fifth, you need 14, 15. I still think wins. they'll get, I still think they get to 14, 14 and 10. If things go wrong, uh, yeah, there might be 12 and 12 or just missing out, mm. I think. Moving on from the Panthers, the South Sydney Rabbitohs. So, plenty happened at the back end of the year for them massive year last year they finished third attack they were first defensive they were fourth 16 and 8 Anthony Seabold what a revelation he turned out to be uh, a side that basically didn't change at all bar Dane Gagai and he put Cook in and got rid of Farah they exploded last year they played a great brand of football they had the best attacking shapes in the competition everyone had good core skill the forwards were passing the outside backs and especially that beautiful link play on the left-hand side that they have different variations of to create numbers with Cody Walker, Reynolds, Johnston, etc., uh, Jennings. The only thing is that obviously burn out at the wrong time at the back end. You had the Burgess issues, Seabold, is he leaving? That kind of got to them a little bit. And the brick wall that is the Roosters bounced them out, uh, obviously the final series. But this year... And they were poor in that game. Yeah. They? they had so much opportunity. Errors, errors, yeah. errors, errors. They pushed it. Just didn't execute. But Wayne Bennett comes in. So Seabold obviously moved on. Part of that drama is all sorted. Uh, the Sam Burgess issues behind him. Everything is kind of pushed into the background. And they lost Angus Crichton, uh, which seems like a big loss. But to be honest, I thought he played quite poor last year at the back end of the year. I know it. that. But I look at it right now, and we'll get into it as we go. But uh, they've lost Jesse Arthurs, Jason Clark, Angus Crichton, Terrell Fumano, Homer Hunt, Robert Jennings, who also was good on that wing, and Richie Kenner. But as far as games go, Corey Allen, to me, uh, great pickup from the Broncos. Junior Kangaroos fullback, Ekam Really, really push Alex Johnston if GI doesn't end up playing fullback, which is the talk. I think whether he's on the wing or not, if Johnston struggles, he's also a potential guy to move there to play one. Tom Amone, I think he might get upgraded to the top 30 right now. Development deal. He's a good pickup for depth. Um, Corey Dennis, Kurt Dillon, Reese Kennedy, Liam Knight, I think was a smart steal because they lacked a couple of middles last year. I think they've got a few extra in. Ethan Lowe, if they can get the best out of him. Again, another good depth buy. 
yeah. in that squad. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a couple of ones there that I think were smart. And Wayne Bennett, obviously a very different coach, but I think the foundations attack-wise were laid last year by Seabold. I doubt he'll tamper with that too much. It's just more about can he drag a little bit more out of a couple of people? Can he keep the Burgesses on track and get more out of them, which he's obviously done with England. He's done a really good job there. And I think they've got one of the best spines in the comp, which I spoke to you today before I came here to record, that there's only two teams that I think really have a complete spine or close to, and that's the Roosters and South Sydney. If you're telling me that roughly round one, Johnson at fullback, Corey Allen, Campbell Graham on the wings, like two great young players, Campbell Graham is going to push for it at football. Yeah, he's going Inglis, super. Gagai in the centres, Walker, Reynolds in your halves, Tom and George in the front row of Damian Cook. Sam going to the edge, I have no problem with. You now they've got Cameron Murray playing lock, who's another guy who's going to push to play rep football. And then Sutton. On your bench, Tatola was okay last year. Liam Knight there is now an option. And then maybe Ethan I think their bench Lowe. depth looks looks to be a bit of a hole. With, well, last you know, year Murray they didn't have a great so bench good. either. Yeah, so. I know that. But Murray was great off the bench. Um, to me, the biggest hole is the coach. The coach walking out the door is a big one. Mm. Uh, but I think Wayne Bennett's smart enough to know that the framework that Seabold has left there, yeah. he'll only change what he thinks needs needs to be changed. He's not going to throw it all out. Um, he'll just he'll leave what he thinks is effective. Uh, I think that's one thing that, that Bennett would have learnt. Uh, and also, I think Bennett probably would have gone away and had a bit of a look in the mirror and, at his style and White failed at the Broncos and coming down here is a bit of a sea change. So, you know... It, he looked to he looked to be smiling a little bit more relaxed. on the weekend. Yeah, he does. All I, the drama from last year is gone. Is gone. Yeah. So look, the roster's quality. Cook, Reynolds, Walker, Inglis. They all need big seasons yeah. if they're going to be in the top four. But I expect them to. The Burgess boys, Murray Sutton in the pack, looks fantastic. The one for me, I think Braden Burns is going to have a big season. Uh, huge potential. A kid that was signed from the country when I was coaching twenties here at Penrith. Gus Gould, I can remember saying back then, he will play first grade. This kid, he was signed from rugby union. Um, He's now, what, 22, 23. It's around that age where I think physically he's going to grow a little bit more. He, he looked more confident in the charity shield on the weekend, so I expect a big season out of him. I think Johnson back to a wing and Inglis at fullback is the move. I don't think Johnson is a one. Um, but, you know, where's Inglis's weight, health, I, I don't know if he can last the whole year playing fullback. I think he can. That's the problem. So. Um, if he gets fit enough, I think he can. Campbell Graham, again, another year Gun. is going to be mature. But for me... The bench looks weak, as does the depth, but... Well, I disagree somewhat. I, I, I like honest. it. I disagree a little bit, because I... Marwin Hiroti, who played a little bit last year, Junior Kiwi, Braden Burns... But they're not tested. They're not tried and tested first graders. But they've played first grade, and they've done a good job when they've mm. come in. And I think last year, you know, Kenner and a few of those guys were okay. You know, we're talking about Liam Knight. Let's go, really? And even half depth. Like, I know there's not a little good halves depth out there, but Connor Tracy is a guy who was touted for big things, had yeah. a couple of injuries. I think they've got a great set back up. I like Dwayne. Um, you know, there's a couple of the props, Nichols, Turner. They're guys that have played first yeah. grade at Melbourne and a couple of teams. But I think Knight, low to Tola on the bench is better than what they had last year. Going to the final <laughs> series, really the only guy they like using was Tatola for a couple of minutes, and they were using Heimel Hunt as like a centre winger. Yeah, but Murray's now in the fold, so what I mean That's is... That's what I'm saying. That's why I don't like their bench. I think I'll worry about their bench. Got two or three guys here they'll give more minutes to. I think Liam Knight is the one that really has to step up onto this bench and is a good player. But and again, he's unproven. The big one for me, Cody Walker, Adam Reynolds. I love those two. Cook's going to be spotted a lot more now, but you can't stop Cook if you can't stop the forward pack. That's I think right. the forward pack will still be good. So, yeah, um, big call here, but... I've got South coming second. I've got them finishing third. Yeah, so, I've got them right up there. I think they're going to be right up there. Um, as far as Origin's concerned, there's a few guys likely. G.I. reckons this last year. Gagai, um, you know, does Reynolds push f- to get back into the frame there? You know, Cook, 
Murray might push in. So, you know, I don't think realistically two or three guys, but there's four or five that could push. Um, I just really like the side. The other one I think it's understated is that Wayne Bennett would love nothing more than to win three comps at three yeah, different three clubs. Different clubs. He, that's why he went to Newcastle. So I think that's gone under the radar a little bit. I think there's huge incentive for Wayne Bennett to do a really, really good job here. Um, so I think he's going to be very, very motivated. You know, it, it didn't he didn't he sign with South and then pull out, or was that the Roosters he signed with and pulled out? Roosters, back it was the Roosters. Day. Yeah, okay. So I've got that one wrong, but you know, he was touted that he was looking at South before he went to Newcastle, and there's always been links to South. So it's a very historic club. He'd love nothing more, I think, than to bring a premiership. Um, you know. To, to South Sydney. So he's going to have massive motivation. And look, I think Wayne Bennett's a good coach. I think the strength of Wayne Bennett is the fact that he can really simplify things. I think they got a really complex structure and game model from Seabold last year. I think Bennett would have looked at parts of that that may be too confusing or that he doesn't like and he would have put his own simple spin on it. So I, I really like where they are as a club at the moment. Well, again, look at the spine. Reynolds, Walker, Cook. I think he's just going to let them run it. That's he's not what I mean. Change. I don't think he's going to change They'll it. They'll run the ship. I think he's more going to work with these forwards and these young forwards and try and get more out of that, which is more his style. Man management, getting the best yeah. out of people on and off the field to maximise the All squad. All right, give us a squad. So, uh, give us a, the odds, son. Yeah, well, with the Pro Sports Syndicate, the win the comp, Souths are nine fifty. minor premiership, $10. Top four, two forty-five. Top eight, $1.42. To miss the eight to eighty for the spoon, fifty one dollars and over under is thirteen and a half. I've gone over. On over. That. What is it? Thirteen and a half. Thirteen and a half. So you need fourteen wins or more. Three teams to go. The Dragons up next, and this was another point of contention for me, given a little bit of what happened off the field. But finished seventh last year, sixth in attack, eighth defensively, fifteen and nine. They did what they've done year in year out. They started on fire. They're outstanding. They had the best forward pack in the comp. Their halves were killing it. Dufty was playing well. The outside backs looked good. Aitken was pushing for Origin. They were talking up to six players, plus Cam McInnes. Uh, and then after that Penrith loss in the Origin period, it fell apart. And the issue, as we said all year, those guys never got a rest. Their bench didn't do enough. The only bloke that offered much, uh, something was Armour. They didn't trust in that bench. Uh, you had Vaughan get injured, not be able to finish the year. DeBellin was playing with 7,000 ailments. Tyson Frizzell is well known to be playing kneeled up constantly as mm. is. So it really, really took a toll on them. They limped into the finals and then week one, they came up with one last gasp effort. It was almost like a breaking point for copping so much shit, which they did, that they just went out and hammered the Broncos. And I'd tell you what, they should have beaten South by that Ben Hunt brain snap, to be honest, like down that short side. And, and it wasn't that I thought it was the wrong play. Like, kicking would have been the right play. South never looked like winning that game. But you watch the replay. The pass at the back gets them a three-on-one, and they potentially go and score there. Mm. So the kick all out the back, but South were on the rack. So I will give them a wrap. I think they finished the year quite well, considering how things fell apart. My big question this year, again, was the bench. And do they get much better? In losses, they lost Armia. Um, Garrick, Patrick Herbert, Nana McDonald's an underrated loss to me. Kurt Mann, again, for the utility spot. Nightingale, I think it was time to go. And Sally. So there's a couple of holes there. Mikhail Ravalawa is a gun winger they brought from the Raiders who was ousted. He's a powerhouse, so he'll push there. Lachlan Moreno, we've seen him before. I don't think he'll play much. Corbin Sims is great off the bench last year for the Broncos at the back end of the year. That probably swaps in for Armour, Jonas Pierce, and Lachlan Tim. You know, not a whole lot there. And Corey Norman's a great boy. My issue being, though, looking at this team, I don't think they've addressed the bench enough. And now that DeBellin's issue is going to be ongoing... Uh, that really hurts that rotation and puts more pressure on the bench. And to be honest, I said it last year, there's no way I would have signed James Graham on the length of deal that he did, and I didn't think he played that well last year. 
And I know it's only one game, but in the charity shield the other night, he looked really well off the pace. So mm. I do have concern there. Widop going to fullback. I like Widop, but pros and cons. He's not going to return the football with the same kind of intent that Dufty did. I know Dufty's only a smaller body, but he's younger. He's injury pro- uh, off in- no, off no injuries. Widop's off a shoulder reconstruction. He wants to go back to England. Where's his head at? I don't know what we're going to get out of him this season. Do Hunt and Norman combine? Is there too many chefs to spoil the broth? They've got three outstanding ball players, ball runners, and guys that can kick and guide around the field, but will it mix? I don't know. And then you're hearing that Aitken is on the outer, potentially for Lomax to push in Ravalawa and Pereira to play on the wings. To me, Lafayette and Aitken are your centers, Lomax, Ravalawa are your wingers. I just think you put the best side on the field possible. I wouldn't be pushing Aitken out mm. unless he's got health issues. But um, yeah, with, with DeBellin being out of the mix, that really hurts them for me. I, I think Frizzell has to push to lock and then either Leilua or Host plugs that back row and I, I'm a bit worried about Graham. But the bench, Corbin Sims, Lattimore, Blake Laurie, and they're looking to use Dufty like they use Man. So I, I'm worried about the bench again. 1-13, to 13, I'm pretty happy. If DeBellin's found innocent, welcome back with open arms, come back to playing football. But again, that, that that's a big chokehold on things right now. Yeah, I've had the hardest time working out the Dragons. It's the team I've really struggled with. Last year, I loved them I, I, and was proven correct. They started on fire. They made the eight. Um, for me, they were one of the locks to make the eight last year. Um, but for me, this year, they could be top four. I could also see them finishing bottom four. The off-field issues with DeBellin, I think, is going to play a huge part. I think, he's going to be, I think he's going to be rubbed out, right? But also in terms of the distraction that that's serving us at the moment. Norman in and Widop to one, I hate it. I hate it. I, I don't like Widop at one at all. Um, Widop wants to go to the UK. He wants to go home. He asked to go home. There's issues there. To me, he looks like he's put weight on at the charity shield. Um, I'd let him go now. I'd be trying to get rid of him now. The last thing you want in your organisation is someone who doesn't want to be there and who is unmotivated and has his eyes on the next challenge. I'd put Dufty to one um, or... I would play Widop at six and put Norman at one. I, Norman, for me, I think would be better at one, better served at one than what Widop would be. Returns, That's my opinion. The Fords and the Nine look good, as do the OBs. Depth and issue. The bench looks okay, but there's massive pressure now on Paul McGregor. And, you know, the hardest thing for a coach is to have positional pressure. He looks like he's got four players he needs to fit into, or probably five players he needs to fit into three. In you know Hunt, Norman, Widop, Dufty, and who's the other one I'm thinking of? Well, I think I don't even know who it the is. The Dufty but... thing was a bit of an off-season issue that they've seemed to have sorted by giving him a new contract. So I think he now knows that he's going to be paid well for the two years after this year being expired, and he's going to be the fullback. So I think they've kind of quashed that a little bit. But I, I would yeah, sorry four into three. So there's going to be an odd man out at the moment. It's Dufty, but they've just re-signed him. So I well, and done they know that, that Widop's going. So I, I don't get it. I, I think it's something that they... So I correct myself. It's it's four players into three. Um, I don't know. McGregor's under massive pressure. He, he's had guns pointed at him in previous years. Yeah. He got them there last year. They fell away last year. The way they lost last year, it's a fan base that just doesn't cop having good teams and losing. Look what it did to Nathan Brown. Um, 
Origin, I think, is going to have an impact because there's no doubt that a lot of their forwards are going to be well, pushing. Frizzell's for, a shoe-in. Frizzell and Vaughn are shoe-in. Sims, you'd think, are shoe-ins. Well, if they play well and they're loyal to the team Ben Hunt, you'd think year, uh, he's going to go close. Well, he might be the bench utility on Morgan. Yeah, so, so like, you, you're looking at four there that are going to hurt. Um, My thing the is... The thing also is they've got to time their run. They can't start on fire and fall away. So, for me... I'd almost be happy to see the Dragons struggle for the first month. It'd be refreshing for their fans. At least they could hope that they're going to come better at the back end of the year. The pressure for me goes on to Blake Laurie to step up and develop. Josh Kerr left Melbourne. Big raps on him. Hasn't yeah. done anything for two years. Played well at the All-Stars and Indigenous game they're talking about. One, like one or two of these guys, or Jacob Host, who again, a couple of years, have to come in and fill those bench blocks. Lua, I think, was good at times. He, he obviously needs to again, be able to play, up, more, play minutes. more minutes. Yeah. Like those, those three or four guys need to plug in because last year the only mm. guy they could rely on was Armia. And they pushed their origin players to play every game and back up and they just got more tired and more hurt and they burn out. So, yeah. At the end Ball of the coast, he's got to step up. They've got um, some good kids on the way through, but again, they're not ready to go right now. Jason Saab's a young guy I've seen who's definitely not ready. He's only development. He's 18, centre winger. He's a gun. Uh, Eddie Blacker is a big prop. Joe Lovadour is like a utility hooker outside back. Stephen Masters, Isan's cousin, who plays yep. centre wing fullback. And Jackson Ford's a back rower who works really hard. But again, physically right now, I can't see him on their side. So, yeah, I think the big thing is, I think DeBellin's next hearings in April, I don't know if it's going to be a result. If he's found innocent and gets to come back into the fold, that's a huge plus for them. If he's not and the pressure's on there to fill that gap, and I already don't think Graham's up to scratch too much anymore to be contributing to this forward pack. I think, you know, they may struggle. But at the same time, like you're saying about the spine, I think if it all clicks and Widop is motivated for his last year, which I don't know if he is, this could work out great, whether it's at one or six or Norman and him, vice versa. If that spine comes together with McInnes, that's one of the best spines in the competition. Yeah, it is. The question is, is he motivated? Can Norman and him work together? Can Norman focus for a whole year and stay off the field issues? Like, there's enough talent in this team... And I've got them finishing eighth and having some faith that they just scrape in or pull Me it together. Too. I've, I've got a mate. Similar to you. If everything went right and DeBellin gets to come back in and they stay healthy, they could push for top four. Hmm. If this, they could win it. If this spine fails and this forward pack struggles. But I could also see him winning the spoon. And these guys burn so, out. I can't see him winning the spoon, but I think they could miss No, the look, flyers. I think if things really fell apart, you yeah. know, like the, the spine thing doesn't work and they lost to Bellin and they were distracted yeah. and but McGregor I, got under pressure and they had injuries, I could see him winning the spoon. I put this but here now. I could see him winning it. Newcastle, so I've got him right in the middle. Eighth. Newcastle fans, I've basically almost talked myself out of them all day, but I've gone with faith in a couple of those guys. As we've we've gone in faith over Dragons over Newcastle. But, but, again, for me, Dragons, Newcastle, Titans were the three that I was really... Interchangeable. And the Cowboys. And Cowboys. Those yeah. four. Th- those four, I could see any of them yeah. being in and out. Six in, six out, and then we had a four in the middle to get to. But we're making a judgment so, now. So, yeah. live with it. Fair enough. Let's and go. Give us your... Pro odds. Sports Syndicate. Uh, oh, good one, Lewis. I didn't write the odds down for them, but guess what? I'm all over it because I've got the web page up. So, to Excellent. win the spoon, the Dragons with the Pro Sports Syndicate. Uh, where am I? I've already bloody lost it again. There to win the comp, $9. Oh, the Dragons. What is doing, Lewis? Okay, roll down. You yep. lost the plot. There you go. So to win the comp, $9. $9 with the Pro Sports Cynic Fern to win the comp. To win the minor premiership, they are $8 to be in the top four, 220 So the bookies like them. They've got them basically finishing fourth spot. Mm. Top eight, the $1. odds they're paying is $1.46. To miss the eight, where are the Dragons? 250 250 And most losses, where is it? 
I don't know, man. Well, let's go and walk about on me. So I'll leave that one behind. We'll move on. Maybe it's maybe it's off because of Penrith. I think they have taken it off because I had this page open all night and I had the chart with wow. every person. So there you go. I think I think there's been more drama at the Panthers. No, maybe no. maybe there's drama going on right now that we don't know about because we're only recording. We have been for the last three hours. So that little chart is gone. But yeah, over under for the Dragons is 12 and a half. Given the fact we've said they're in the finals, I'm saying over, but just. What was the, what was 12 it? 12 and a half. Oh. Yeah, well, you have to win. If you're going to put in the finals, they have yeah, to win. I know. Over, I just so. don't like it. Yeah, thirteen and eleven. Moving on to the Sydney Roosters, the premiers from last year, first placed competition, minor premiership winners. They won it all. Fourth in attack, number one in defense, sixteen and eight record. Slow start, but their defense was never questionable. It was just their attack, getting the combinations between Tedesco, Kiri, Cronk, etc. Grand final, they put on a defensive masterclass. They mm. beat the Melbourne Storm. And to be honest, I think they're a better side And they played year. with 12. Yep, they're a better side this year. I'm happy to say that. Losses, uh, Cornish, Ferguson, Garvey's younger brother, Grant, Ryan Madison, who I think is an underrated loss, Paul Mavrovsky, Dylan Napa, Sean O'Sullivan, Ruben Porter, Chris Smith, Alona Vunaketsi. So you could sit there and go, oh, there's a bit of depth there. But what you've got to look at is they've got some great kids coming in to replace those guys who... Mm. Again, when you upgrade within your own system, you don't see them as signings. Well, but if the you pay attention, they won, what was it, three or four years ago. That now, that core group of that team is now there, ready to play a bit of grade. Well, even so. besides them, there's been kids come of after. Of course, so I understand that. But you've got Morris to come replace Blake Ferguson along with Ryan Hall if he gets his knee right, who's a very good player in his own right. He's a bit older, and I would have liked to have seen him earlier. But if he gets healthy, he's a great yardage player. Uh, having Craig Garvey, who's a crafty hooker, as a backup is handy. Brock Lamb came there on less money to learn from Cooper Cronk. He's a starting halfback to me in the NRL. So that's a good backup replacement to have for Sean O'Sullivan. And they've got Lachlan Lamb, who had offers from clubs and the chance to go play in England with his dad. Mm. So they've got good backups. Drew Hutchinson is a former Australian schoolboy, came back for nothing as well. So they've got more than adequate replacements in the halves if they have issues. Um, and they've got Egan Butcher, Nat Butcher's brother, who are both very good replacement middle forwards. Looking at the other side of it, their grand final side is basically all intact, bar Crichton coming in for the back row spot, which is a, an upgrade as far as I'm concerned. And Dylan Napa, who I thought has been ordinary for the last year or two, is replaced by Lindsay and Collins. And he's always suspended. And Lindsay Collins is rock solid. Mm. Radley's going to get better. You've got the best centre pairing in the competition. Ted and the Latrell Mitchell, Amano, Tupo, and Morris, Tedesco, Kiri Cronk. That's only going to get better. Friend yeah. found his confidence. Jared, after being injured for a while, he found his best form. Tokio, so underrated, as is Liu. And then you can play those guys um, in your side and have on your bench Orbison, Zane Tedavano, and Victor Radley. Or you can start Radley, put Liu on your bench, or Tokio on your bench. And as far as depth goes, Josh Curran is one of the best junior footballers I've seen. Uh, he's a very, very good player, along with Nat Butcher, who's a good footballer. Poasa Fulmasalu, who scored a try last year on debut. Sitatili Tupanua, who was playing up from the 20s and cut last year. So they've got good replacements. Really good replacements. Garvey, both Lamb and Brock Lamb. Ikevalu's played first grade. They've they've got depth as well, which is scary. And they've recruited very, very well. Absolutely, yeah. Look, so, I, I, the one I've got written down is stronger. They're stronger. They are strong. and, and I don't think they played their, to their potential at all in well, 2018. Well, they their, attack, their attack still never really got to where you um, want them to. They've had an off-season with no rep footy, minimal distractions. I think the coach is equal to Craig Bellamy in terms of I think he's one of the best in the game. He's as smart and sharp as they come. He'll have this team ready. The only question for me is motivation, sustaining a standard. They've won multiple minor premierships, grand finals. So will motivation be there? I think it will. 
Uh, back-to-back rarely happens. We know that. So Ooh. that's going to be the, the thing that they're going to have to overcome. Been predicted multiple times. It has been, yeah. Um, injuries in key positions will hurt, but depth looks solid. Loss of Ferguson, I don't think, will be an issue because they get Morrison Hall. Cronk, uh, Kiri, Tedesco, Mitchell, Manu, Radley, for me, they're all going to be better. Yeah. So you, that's that's a worry Jose, with pre-seasons and you know, last year's games and experience. So for me... It looks scary. Um, the only thing that turns me off them is that back-to-back yeah, hasn't happened for however long. Even, But I've got them winning the minor premiership because, for me, in key positions, they're going to lose Tedesco for origin, but they won't lose Cronk. They won't lose Kiri. They won't lose Friend. I reckon Kiri might play for New South Wales. Maybe. Maybe. But we'll see. Um, you know, they, they might lose Cordner and Crichton, but they've got the depth around it to come in and compete with anyone. And I'd play Friend over... McCulloch this year if he's in form and keep Hunt or Morgan as the bench player. But yeah, you the know, they is... lose Latrell Mitchell, they put Mitchell Orbison in there. Yeah. Manu's there. Brett Morris the is Ford there. Daniel stays intact. Cordner gets replaced. You or know, Crichton Tedesco replaced. comes out, they can put Brett Morris at one or they can play whoever at one. doesn't matter and bring Hall in. They've got depth everywhere. So yeah. I, I just think, you know, they, they're they going to be very, very hard to beat. Yep. I like them to win the minor premiership. I don't like them to win the competition. Well, I'm pushing all in. Because of history. I've done it a few times, but I've got them for the minor and the premiership. I've got them them finishing first. Yeah, I've got them finishing first. But I'm going to give you my premiership tip at the end. Yep. Well, I've got them comp, minor premiership, the whole lot. I think they've got better. Oh, you're pushing all in on the Roosters, mate. And much like a Melbourne, like you said, I don't think they're one of these teams that fall off motivation. You don't keep winning these minor premierships and getting to prelim finals and grand finals if you're not. The Roosters have just jumped manly and become that, that second side there second, to kind of fight. So yeah, um, to win the premiership with the Pro Sports Syndicate, they are four fifty to win the minor premiership. Even shorter, four twenty. Top four a dollar fifty two. Top eight a dollar twelve. To miss the top eight five eighty. Wooden spoon two hundred and fifty one dollars over under fifteen and a half. I'm going over. Yeah, over because sixteen and eight is the record of first place last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was pretty low. That was a low minor premiership. Realistically, yeah. Melbourne won 20 games the year before. Yeah, it was, so. it was a low minor premiership, I thought. Last team last of the night. Last team, mate. The West Tigers finished ninth last year, 16th in attack, the worst in the comp, six defensively, 12-12 and 12 record, a great start, but slumped spine changes. Reynolds couldn't stay on the field, basically didn't play. Benji kind of in and out with his hamstring issues, and then mid-year, Depth killed them and then late changes. So they got Benji back. They brought Farrah and they brought him by and they basically had a whole complete spine change. The only constant throughout the year and the player that I thought really finally played up to his potential and still to me hasn't had a really, really good team around him is Luke Brooks. And I tell you what, they should be bloody happy they re-signed Luke Brooks because if Luke Brooks signed to go to the Roosters after this season and go join back up with Kiri Tedesco on that side... I would be happy to say that for the next, you know, three to four years, five years, while they've got the money in those players, they're winning competitions. So I'm happy Correct. that Luke Brooks stayed, but losses, I still think as much as they hate Ivan Cleary, he did a great job for him. He cleared out a lot of guys the year before, brought some good guys in, but he cleared out a few more last year. Peter Godinay gone, Tim Grant, Tui Lola here, Kevin Aguama, Bailey Sirin and Suaso Su, Malachi Zalesniak. Gains since Michael Maguire has now come in after a bit of an off-season of drama. Great coach to bring in. Robert Jennings, Ryan Madison, who I think is a really underrated buyer, and Paul Momorowski. And then you've got to mix in Farron and Boy, who they got late last year. They've got some really good kids. One I'm going to ask you about in particular. Jock Madden, I watched play SG ball last year. I think in a year or two of the right development, he could be Luke Brooks' partner long-term. Great half was the player of the competition of the 18s, a Newcastle junior. They were filthy to lose him. Alex Safarth is a tough, hard-working lot they've got, and they've got another good fullback coming through in Kane Bradley, who they're working with, but he's a year or two away. Mm-hmm. Tommy Talao, though, 
is a kid they bought from the Bulldogs, son of former NRL player Willie Talao. There is huge raps on this kid. Massive raps. He is SG ball eligible right now who's playing flag and doing the NRL preseason. Is a guy that, again, like I said, with open spots, do they upgrade him? I don't know. But this is a guy that is on the precipice of NRL yeah, in the next look, 18 a, to 24 months. He's a kid I remember saying to you, I was doing, 15, some, scouting. Or I was doing some scouting three or four years ago and he was playing Harold Matthews, I think, year young. And I'm not sure who they were playing that day at Belmore, but he tore him a new one, um, and he was fantastic. Um, yeah. So for me, he's as good a buy as, as what you could have come in the door in terms of a young half. Ivan Cleary um, has left them some presents before he went. Yeah. Um, Jock Madden was another one who, when I was scouting and doing a little bit of work there, that you know you, you, you pegged him to be um, you know a star of the future. For me, that name has set them up but I think he's now also set them up to fail in a couple of regards. I think the fallout from the Cleary, um, I guess him leaving and get on the bus and we're building and we're moving here and then got, it's done. It's gone. So a lot of those players went there because of Ivan. A lot of players bought in yeah, because Madeline, of Ivan. No, Packer in particular was so, apparently filthy when he left. None of this fallout is of the West Tigers. Only in that, that they, they allowed him to leave. And, you know, my argument... I, I wouldn't have allowed him to leave. But then again, the argument would be that... Well, you're just dragging it out and I causing know. more damage. Yeah, so. so I get it from that perspective. But I would have dug my heels in a little bit more than what they did. I don't know what sort of severance package or what sort of deal they worked out with Penrith, but they wouldn't have lost, that's for sure. No, they got a But their fallout, what, that worries me. What worries me is that Michael Maguire was over in the UK until mid-December. He was on Kiwi's duty. Again, no fault of Michael Maguire because how was he to know yeah. he was going to get the... Tigers job so for me they're behind the eight ball straight away you're not starting your NRL preseason until almost Christmas yeah okay I worry that it's not Michael Maguire's roster that again you've got these players that were filthy that Ivan left absolutely filthy that Ivan left Michael Maguire comes in um, and it's a different coach it's a different culture certainly a different approach Different approach. Michael Maguire is a, a totally different, got a yeah. totally different philosophy on how the game should be played. So, to me, it's it's Cleary's house that he's built, and now Maguire's walking in, and he's going to have to work out a way to, I guess, I guess, get the best out of someone else's roster, which is the hardest job that you can have as a coach. Marshall and Farah, to me, I have massive concerns for two reasons: in that they were both moved on by the Tigers, they're both now back there. Why were they moved on? Is it because they will pass their best as players? Probably, yeah. But it's nostalgic to have them back there, and I get it, and the fans love it. But for me, um, can they sustain a 24-game season? They're going to get injured. Benji didn't finish last year. There you go. And he's already been injured this preseason. For me, that worries me. Um, And the fact that they don't have a lot of depth in those positions around that worries me. Luke Brooks, he had a great year last year. He's going to have to find another gear, as is Moses and Bayou came in mid-year. And, you know, he was okay, but he's going to need to be really, really good. Their outside backs look solid. They did a a great job last year. Yeah, not for them. Their props are solid. They look good. I like the addition of Ryan Madison. I think that's a really underrated buy. Chris Lawrence had a great year, but again, he's prone to injury. Ten weeks, he's out already. He broke his jaw. Yeah, there you go. So, depth to me looks to be an issue. He broke his jaw. He broke his jaw. Um, depth looks the issue. I think the bench is solid. Um, where does Josh Reynolds play? He's a guy that that's there on a stack of money. I don't know where he plays. He's the odd man out. For me, he'd play nine. Yeah. Or he'd, he'd definitely have to play 
somewhere. Like he has to be starting somewhere well, because Farrah. A, I love him because he's physical, he's young, he's vibrant, he runs the ball, Oof. he straightens you up, he's aggressive. I like all that, but he looks to me like he's going to play 14. Yeah, but so, Farrah, Farrah doesn't have that spark anymore. He now should just be dish and he can't run. But look, he now that he's been settled back in for a preseason, my problem is between him, Benji, and a lot of these guys mm. – they're going to interrupt the brew again that is Luke Brooks's team. Yeah. And the flow is going to go. And I think same deal like you. Reynolds can bring a spark or a bit of run out of there, a bit of danger from dummy half with the role and that Farrah no longer can. And then they've got Jacob Little, who I think, from what I'm hearing, they've been basically told by his management, well, the Bulldogs are keen. You need to pay for this bloke. And the Tigers are on the back foot going, well, we're not really that keen because yeah. he's had a couple of shoulder echoes and you want too much money. So I'm looking at Reynolds right now. If I've invested in him and they're having this trouble... With Little and Farrah's definitely finishing end of this year, thinking that's his spot. He's either going to start or share time and be my impact off the bench or whatever. Yeah, but they're, they're going to they're be, going to work him into the side. He for needs the to be money he's on. Yeah. Absolutely. So for me, I have zero concerns about their effort, their application. Yeah. I have massive concerns Great about. Coach. Um, I've got massive concerns. Boy, he's won a comp. Yeah, massive concern, and he's rebuilt South Super League. Rebuilt South. the the culture of Wigan and South. So. I think it's just a season where Michael Maguire is just going to shape them, turn the roster over, build some depth, get the players in that he wants. And for me, they're just in a terrible, terrible position based on the timing of when Ivan walked out. They've also got the Ivan... uh, Sorry, not the Ivan, the Justin Pascoe issue in that he's not allowed back into the club until when is it? Mid-year. So there's the salary cap issue that comes out of that as well. I like the fact they've signed Robert Jennings, but, you know, he played on the wing at South. He's going to have to play centre at the Tigers. That shows you where they're at in terms of positions. I think it's just going to be a tough year ahead for the West Tigers. Um, just over 24 games. I think they've got the potential to upset a lot of teams with a full roster and if they're fit and firing. But I think if they get injuries and as the season grinds on, and we know it's a... It's definitely not a sprint. It's a marathon, the NRL. And, you know, when that depth is tested, I've got question marks over it. Well, I kind of look at more what you said before. I think Benji will be injury prone. Reynolds basically played two games last year. Farrah, if he gets his nose out of joint, tries to run it for his last year, which I think he probably will, will upset the Luke Brooks combination and all the flow there. He should be the main man. I like him by, I like Brooks. I'm not sure about Benji, Farrah, Reynolds. Um, There's Gamble there, Tyson Gamble, who looked all right last year. But depth Mm. is the other issue. I heard as well that Packer in particular was filthy that Ivan left. Him and Madalena took big deals and came over there mm. for Ivan and he's gone. So, Also, I look. I think Marshall and Farrah are the best two you can have there in terms of teaching young players. Yeah. They're great. Like they've done a lot of work. Well, Benji Marshall in particular has done a lot of work with our juniors and he's doing a fantastic job. But for me, you can't be relying on him at his age. No, and, and again, how that, far that's down not the his road fault. He is. It's not his fault. If his hamstring I just worry goes about, again. I worry about their depth. Yeah. But I think Madison in the back row is going to be great. Yeah. Garner's going to have to probably plug in to start with without Lawrence. If they had Madison, Lawrence, Elijah in the back row, Elijah Taylor, I think that's pretty good. But again, from the bench, is it Little? Is it Reynolds? Does Aloye fit in here? Is Eisenhuth in here? Twile was solid last year, but depth. Oliver Clark hasn't really pushed yet after a couple of years and played great. McQueen's injury prone. Rocco, a bit past it. Cheekham's got a charge still opening in his head, and then they've got a couple of young kids that they've pushed up. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom McKayley, big back rower, they're a fan of him, but is he ready to go? I don't know. He's been on a development deal. Sam McIntyre, also on a development deal, but he's a back rower. Uh, Alex Safar, a young kid, but it's not their job to do this. And then the outside back depth, depending on who they play. If they played them by with Nofaluma and Jennings on the wings and went with Masters and Mahe in the centres like they did last year, 
your backup is Momorovsky, who's solid, and Thompson. So it's not a bad squad, but again, like you, I can see potentially a couple of guys that may be a little bit off after Ivan left. There's not a lot of depth. Um, and if they get a couple of injuries or if Benji and all these guys interrupt the brew that was Luke Brooks last year, I think they could have some issues. Mm. So for me, I think they might have a hard year transition year, but I really like Michael Maguire. I'm glad he's back in charge. He will stick around, obviously. Yeah, he's not going to go anywhere, but it's going to take time. Yeah. So I think they finish 14th. I've got them, yeah. I've got them finishing 16th. Well, bang. There you go. From 9th back down to the spoon. Big time. But tar, big time. Just our thoughts, as we said before. But with no the pro, here. No, None. with the pro sports syndicate uh, to win the premiership, the Tigers twenty nine dollars to win the minor premiership forty one dollars. Top four seven dollars. Top eight two fifty to miss the eight a dollar fifty to win the spoon eleven dollars. And the over under is ten and a half. So I've gone under because I think I'm under. If they're going to be around that mark, you know, eight to ten games. I think you know if you're going to have them down at fourteenth. Depending yep. how it works out this year, that's usually like eight, seven, eight, nine. Yep. So. Yep, yep, yep. There you go. There you go, mate. We're all done. So, apologies also at this point in time. I didn't realise the first few minutes because the microphone's been sitting there for a few months that the volume and the gain on the microphone was extremely loud. So, the mm. first three or four minutes might be a bit ear Most losses. Who were we looking for most losses? We were looking for the Dragons, weren't we? Sixty-one dollars. Sixty-one dollars. So have the most losses. What we Penrith, need? Uh, well, yeah, sixty-seven dollars. But that's to have the most losses, not to win the wooden spoon. What we need to do now, though, is go through some but, of those. What I'm saying is, if they were deducted points, they won't be deducted points. No. So it's strange that it's suspended. Yep. All right. I guess there, there might be more players implicated. Let's get on to our futures before we go through. Yeah. What do we got? Our ladder. So who is your premier, Brock? You said you got a big surprise. So uh, the Broncos. You're going to go the Broncos I'm going with to win. the Broncos, yeah. I coach, um, I think Suncorp Stadium, when it's kicking and the Broncos are going well, is going to be a very, very hard place to win. I think Seabold's got a track record for improving halves. I think they've got the best forward pack probably in the competition. Uh, and I think it'll be a Roosters-Broncos grand final. All righty. Well, I've got the Roosters. Um, again, like I said, I think they got stronger. They've got a great coach. People question motivation. They're young. They're keen. They've got enough old heads. They've got Kiwi Internationals to keep the balance. And they've got Kronk and a couple of guys who won't go and play Origin who will keep them afloat, plus depth. Minor Premiership, again, regardless of Origin, Toll and all that, I think the Roosters are deep enough. So I've gone with them for the Minor Premiership. Minor Premiers, I've got the Roosters, yeah. yeah. Uh, Wooden Spoon, again, between the Dogs and the Eels, I think they're the two worst sides. I could have flipped the coin between the two, but in the end, I ended up going with the Eels because I at least saw some resilience from the Dogs and a bit of toughness and a grind, and I think they'll offer that during this year. Yeah, I've got the the Eels, I think if it gets ugly, it could really go wrong again. So I've got the Eels. Who have you got? I've got the Tigers. The Slider, well, I thought this one was obvious. If the Warriors are out of the eight and one of the only teams I've kind of taken out of the eight, given basically I'm saying that no one else is going to get in, um, well, Who, what was it? Well, from last year, I've only taken one team out. So my slider is the Warriors because they're not in the finals. And statistics say, and I looked this up the other day, for a couple of years there, from 08 to 09, 10, 11, 12, was four teams every year went out and come back in. And then after that, it yeah, went... slider I've got. I've got the Warriors as well. 2013, 14, and 15, only two teams came in and out. The last three years, it's been three teams that have came in and out. Yeah. So we're bucking the trend here by realistically saying only one team will go in and out of the top eight. Yeah. So you've got the Warriors as your slider. Yeah. Your improver. I have the Cowboys, obviously, as they've moved into the finals. Uh, improver. 
Yeah, I'll go. I'll go with the Cowboys. You can't go much better than um, yeah, thirteenth and being yeah. near the bottom of the pile to being back in finals. I think it's an easy one, but yeah. Who's your dark horse? This is a tough one. What would you consider well, a dark horse? I've got the Sharks because to me, it's a team that people have already written off. The overs under says the bookies don't like them. Fans are saying they're going to fall out, and with all this adversity and change and this, that, and the other, people I think are saying they won't even make the finals, let alone contend for the premiership. But if Wade Graham is back and Capewell plugs the hole and they've got that forward pack with Pryor, Woods and Fafita and Sean Johnson with Townsend, Moylan, Dugan, Josh Morris, mm. there's enough there. Yeah, look, I, I think if I said to you Roosters, Broncos, Rabbit, Storm, Panthers, any of those were dark horses, you'd go, you're a goose because they're all, all legitimate chances. Sharks, I don't think they're a dark horse. I, I don't think they've been spoken about in that term, though. So no. to me, that, that's a dark horse. Someone who's th- in the I finals. Don't think, I don't think they'll win it. Um, Cowboys, I don't think. Yeah, I'd that, probably, I'd probably say, just having a for slash, me, I, I think the Dragons. There you go. I'd say the Dragons. Just throwing one in there that you think people won't really talk about. So The fact that you've been talking about the Mr. Finals, though, is more than I'm getting. Who's that? The Dragons. Yeah. So I'm sitting here going, okay. Who else we got? Uh, top point scorer. I think this one's pretty easy. I know Jared Croak is back this year, and because he scores a fair Who bit. Who's going to go Cleary? I thought about that, but I looked at Latrell or Azarko. I think the well, Roosters. I had Latrell last year. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go Latrell again, but Azarko or him, I think, will be the two that really go for it. Um. Yeah, I'll go Azarko. All righty. And try scorer again. Uh, given the way they play, I think Corey Oates will have a good year this year on that left hand edge for the Broncos. So Corey Oates. I've given Corey Oates my nod for top try scorer. <sighs> top try scorer. I haven't even looked at top try scorer. Got to throw something in there, mate. Yeah, right. You've just you've thrown me, mate. No, I haven't. This is what we always do. Yeah, I know, but you didn't send me a list, you jerk. Just be on board, mate. You've thrown me a. Just be on board, me Brock, mate. Curveball, mate. Move on to that. Give us your next one and I'll give you my... Well, my next one is my Dahlia medalist. And again, I looked at the markets and what was there and I thought to myself, eh. And I thought to myself... Part of this is the point. So, Callum Pong is the favourite at $9, but we've got them out of the eight. So, he needs to win all the threes and I think Pierce will steal points off him. Sheck at $11. Again, I don't think they're going to win a lot of games. Cook at 13. That's the first real one I think who's going to be part of a team that's winning... Tedesco at 13, Munster 17, Widop 17, Tamalolo, Cleary at 19. Cameron Smith, I think, is value at 21 if Melbourne have a good year. I really think there's value. The other value, again, is if you think the Knights are going to have a good year, which some people have picked them for top four, $21 for Mitchell Pearce. Um, if you look at Broncos and you think Milford has a great year under this coach that's transformative in attack, $26. But for me, I think Luke Keary takes much more control as he did later in the year of this Rooster side, and I've got him as my Dalian medalist at $34. Who you got, Luke Keary? $34, Luke Keary. I'll, um, boy, this one's a tough one. Well, again, it's just taking a stab, really, but I'm looking at teams that are going to win games and collect points, and I think he'll be the more dominant half this year after his Australian experience, and he's Clive Churchill and take control of this Rooster side. So $34, I'm keen on that price. I wanted a bit of value. The other one I like is Cameron Smith at $21 if Melbourne gonna, um, win enough I'm games. I'm going to go Damien Cook. So Cookie. Damien Cook is at $13. You got a try score for me yet, mate, or what, mate? Where can I find the try scorers on here, mate? Well, I'm going to move off of that one. And again, I don't know if you're about to answer it now that I've thrown that one at you. Your $100 sure bet for the year. Jesus, mate. Something that you think is just an absolute shoo-in. 
an absolute shoe in. Well, I'll give mine. You, yeah, well, the Sharks over that? 11 and a half wins. Because again, the bookies and a lot of people have got them out. I think they easily reach that mark. So if I was going to have $100 on something, it's the Sharks to win 12 plus games. Wow. A sure bet. Can you can we pair? Can I multi up? Or you can, you you can multi me, up if you, you want. Give me right. I'll multi up. I'll say the Roosters to finish top four. Did you get that one, mate? Yeah. And then, and then, the ooh, the West Tigers to miss the top eight. That's one dollar fifty. Into $1.57. Yeah, so did you put it into your multimeter for me, mate, and get me the exact I'll get, price? Yeah, I'll get you a multimeter, mate. Get me the price, mate. If I don't have a price, Brock, I don't have anything to give to the fans, mate. They've taken down their top try scorers and point scorers markets as well, so clearly that's been affected by what's happening right now. There's a little bit going on. So, yeah. What do you got for me? Let's go. Times one point five seven, mate. It is two dollars thirty-five. Get on. There you go. And my one's a dollar ninety. So yeah, of course it is. There you go. You love. So let's you love go it in the red. Let's go through it. Premiers. I've got the Roosters. You've got the Broncos. Minor Premiers. We've both got the Roosters. Spoon. I have the Eels. You have the Tigers. Slider. Both the Warriors. Improver. Both the Cowboys. Dark Horses. I've got the Sharks. You've got the Dragons. Top point scorer, I have Latrell Mitchell. You have Jermaine Asako. Uh, try scorer, I have Oates. Who's your try? I'll go Oates. I, I'm tipping Brisbane to win it. Well, I was either him, Asako, or Tupo from the Roosters. See, I think Asako is going to end up playing one. And the other one was Corey Allen scored a hat trick the other night playing on the end of that back line. I thought, Jesus Christ. No, nah, I'm with you on that. I think points to Zarko because he's obviously going to kick goals. And Latrell kicks and scores. So both of them are going to score. I guess that's the big one. Dalian medal, $34 for me. Luke Keary, you've got Damian Cook at 13. And a $100 sure bet. I have the Sharks over 11.5 wins. You've got the Roosters top four into Tigers missing the eight at 235. Brock, your ladder, 1 to 16, please, for the listeners. The fiends out there of the show. Were they not writing them down? Well, well, this is what we do. All right, first to eight Roosters, Broncos, Rabbits, Storm, Panthers, Sharks, Cowboys, Dragons. From 9 to 16, so missing the 8. Knights, Titans, Warriors, Eels, Raiders, Bulldogs, Manly, and the Tigers. And again, you've only got one team coming in and going out, looking to break the trend. So saying similar for both of us. Oh, I've got no doubt there'll be two or three oh, teams yeah. that are coming that's in. That's right now, I, I, for what you see, on paper. Yeah, like, some teams out. haven't got better, and some of the teams at the top uh, that didn't lose that much or didn't gain that much are still better, in our opinion. And there's better coaches, and then just, yeah, that's yeah. the way it's panned out. I think the real. Turning point to whether this happens is what we said, though. It's that middle part, I think, between the Cowboys, the Dragons, the Knights, and the Titans. They're the four that I look at and go interchanging between those two spots. Yeah. And that could throw it to that three number that it has been for the last three years of people coming in and out. Uh, for me, uh, Lewis, because people always forget our names, and I used to love it the other year when we said ready, Lewis, bro, Lewis, bro. I loved it. Yeah. But my ladder is the Roosters first, the Rabbitohs second, Broncos third, Storm fourth. Fifth, the Panthers. Sixth, the Sharks. Seventh, the Cowboys. Eighth, the Dragons. And then outside, the top eight is the Knights at ninth. The Titans at tenth. The Warriors at eleventh. The Raiders at twelfth. The Eagles, thirteenth. Tigers, fourteenth. Dogs, fifteenth. And I'm sorry, Parramatta fans. You get the spoon again. Sorry to my daughter. She's going to be a Parramatta fan. It's been a a wild night, Brock. 
got held up with weather and then the computer freaked out and then the microphone didn't want to work and then the volume was a bit off for the first few minutes, but we got here. We got there. We're it's, all, only, it's only 10 past 10. But all done and right. dusted, but we got it done for the fiends. There'll be no Walking Dead for me and my wife tonight. And, That'll uh, be a sore point. We have to thank the Pro Sports Syndicate. They've come back on board, as we said at the start of the show. They did our charity account last year, took that on board. Uh, they've got premium betting package there for you. They've got all sorts of tips, whether it be lines, uh, margin markets, players, try scorers, all the bits and pieces. And they've got a discounted price just for the fifth and last listeners. So look for that link on the page from the Pro Sports Syndicate. I think it's $700 for our listeners, Brock. Last year, it was close to 800 maybe 900 I can't remember. It was a lot more than what it is right now. So 700 break it down each month over the season. Not too bad. They're also going to have their best bet offers and sign-up bonuses. So you can find those when we start posting those during the year if you're looking for some juicy sign-ups or some bonus deposits in your account. They're always a plus. We all mm-hmm. love those. Big thank you to the Pro Sports Syndicate. And NFL, we saw their best bets for that. They had a good track record. The NRL best bets were great as well. So Matt, Will, and all the boys there, the Pro Sports Syndicate. If you're going to have a bet and you want to make some money, follow those boys into the fire. And Penrith Soul Centre. Didn't get that one in earlier because we uh, obviously got ran that footy earlier, but we have to thank Penrith Soul Centre for coming back on board this year. Boxhead, they are the biggest supplier of solar in Western Sydney. Jake and the crew out there. And uh, for the listeners out there, it obviously sank in because Jake said there was a lot of fifth and last listeners that got in contact with him last year and are obviously into renewables. And I've I think mentioned... there's been a few already this year as well. So, hmm. it's, yeah, it's good to know. And keep, I... uh, keep putting us forward. Like, how do, they, how do they ever know? You're going to get a good deal. Plus, yeah. um, it helps, obviously, our relationship with Penrosola that you're going there and you're saying that, you know, I heard it on the fifth and last and the boys gave you a, a push. So... Yeah, I've already had a couple of, of texts, emails and things about um, solar and we've pushed them in that direction. Well, the so. main thing, again, like I said, it's what I do for work. Um, it's a necessity because, like I said, I'm working for the power supplier. It's all gone private. Everything's gone private enterprise. All the prices are going up. You want to get off the grid as much as possible. You've done so. I've done so. So not only is this a sponsor, but it's a very worthwhile one because electricity bills, I'm telling you, they're not going down. They're not, and mate. You're not going to do better than Penrith Solar Centre. <laughs> And uh, Jake and the crew there, give them a call, 1800 20 today, or visit www.penrithsolar.com.au. But there are two for this year, bro. Penrith Solar Centre and the Pro Sports Syndicate. Look out for the links. That's all. Any Just posts, two. any promos, and take care of our sponsors. And we'll give a big shout-out and thanks to Woz and to Pam Boltmaster for his contribution last year and Poker Deluxe and the crew there. And, uh, yeah, Full Spectrum Services for a little bit there. Yep. They came on board. Insignia here in Dace Bar. Thank you very much for your contributions. But yeah, Pro Sports Syndicate, Penrith Solar Centre, Brock, Lewis, we are back. We are the fifth and last NRL podcast. No bullshit, no clickbait. Pure football. And if you don't like it, bang bang your head on the table. (laughs) Give yourself a triple. The football is upon us. Two hours and 20 minutes of goodness to seep into your ears. It's been a long night, but we are back. Love everybody out there. Support the show. Get onto iTunes. Rate, review us. Get on Facebook. Get on Twitter. Support us. Spread us. Get rid of this bullshit. Don't be a clickbait merchant. Don't get involved with all the junk. Actually support the game of rugby league. Yes, it's got some dickheads in it. Yes, there's some off-field stuff, but let's focus on the positive that is football and a quality competition in the NRL. Enjoy your week and get ready for some football. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? What's going on here? Is that it? Is that it?
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.